Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I am excited. I'm in a good okay. mood and that's actually true. Um, I'm telling you like behind the scenes, like I'm actually in a good mood, partially yeah. because I've had a good week, but partially because of the episode we're doing today. It's not mm-hmm. just that we have two of our favorite guests back on. It's that a lot of my, like, you peek behind the curtain a little bit. I've been struggling lately with some, let's say, ennui. And a lot of it has to do with the pandemic never ending. And that's still true. The pandemic is still not ending. But for sure. the next couple hours, we get to pretend like we have something to look forward to. And Indeed. so I'm excited about, about that, about pretending that everything we're going to talk about today is actually going to happen. I feel like last year when we did this episode, a lot of these things had asked oh, sure. And I didn't think that a year later we would still be doing it, but there's still might I don't know, stuff still might change, I guess. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, our guests are more expert in that sort of thing. We'll, we'll talk to them once they can talk right and they they can't talk yet not yet uh i have a a quick story to to tell about the 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 pandemic everlasting or whatever it is you called uh called it um but uh yeah so i'm i'm back uh teaching now and i'm back on campus uh and this is my first week actually being on uh, a college campus and i mean they've got all these protocols for like checking in and and you know uh you've got like wristbands saying that like you're supposed to be on campus everything's good um and that's good that's it's good that they're and obviously like indoors there's the uh, mask mandate and all that um but you know they i was talking with my department head and they're just saying like hey it could be you know it could be chaos so be sure to get there you know significantly before your your class i was like oh absolutely i will because campus was an absolute ghost town. Um, there are a lot of online classes and I think there is just understandably. So I think there is just the tendency to hang on. <laughs> um, I think there's the tendency Tyler had to be, had another peepee on the curtain. Tyler, Tyler had a little office mate there for a little bit. That's correct. Yes. And, it wasn't Brago. Uh, no, not this time, but, but our, our guests did get to see Brego for a moment. Uh, but yeah. And so I think, I think a lot of students and, and teachers, like once their class is done, they're not going to hang around. There's, you know, the cafeteria is closed. I, I don't know if the library is open, but anyway, so it's a night class. And so all this, you know, my, my class left and I uh, was gathering up all my stuff and locking the doors and all that. And so it's like nine 45 at night and I exit the building and it's like, I might be the only person on campus. And it was very creepy. And as I'm walking to my car, I hear a rattling in a bush. Oh, wow. Uh, and I look over and I realize it's like, and I've been told this, so like it could be a coyote. Like it absolutely oh, could have been if a, you hear a rattling. I, I was assuming. Oh, a sorry. Rattlesnake. sorry. I mean, the, I mean the bush itself was rattling. Pardon me. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, coyotes, nothing to sneeze at. And it's just like, well, I don't no. know what to do if a coyote uh, comes after me, except to just surrender and say, this is this is it for me. Um, but, yeah, so it was a very strange situation. Like. There was a very clear like, yes, 
we're, you know, classes are back and, and certain aspects of life are back, but they're certainly not back like they used to be. Like I've been on this campus before and it was like bustling at all hours of the day. And now it's just like, it's not exactly apocalyptic, but it kind of has that quality to it. And it was very strange. No one's, no one's and playing a little Frisbee creepy. in the quad. Well, I mean, I brought mine, but there was no one to throw it to. I, you know, maybe I guess I could play fetch with that coyote if it jumps out at me, but, uh, but yeah, so it was a very, yeah, it was a very clear reminder for me, not that people need it, but a very clear reminder for me that like, yeah, this is definitely not over and life is still very, very different. We're very weird. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm glad you got, you get, uh, you will eventually get some normal campus, uh, activity i hope um, i hope and i'm, and I'm uh, part of me is a little bit jealous of you, uh, because you and i we didn't get like the normal college campus we, we went to um a college in the middle of a city that would took place in buildings that were not like all it wasn't like a like they were in the same general area but you were just like in the yeah. city you know you like have to you know walk to take a, the subway from one <laughs> one class yeah. to another or whatever um uh, I, I don't know how I would have fared long-term in that like regular college vibe. We but, did go uh, to SMS for a little while. Uh, currently, Missouri yeah, I, State, yeah, you're right. I yeah. did live in, in the dorms for my freshman year, but even then you were a commuter then. So that wasn't even really yeah, like that that's experience true. for you. All right. So uh, that's enough uh, memory lane. Um, we're going to introduce our guest in a second, but first, uh, before we do that, I want to tell you, something that I normally tell you, but okay. I also want to give the listeners a heads up that you will probably very soon be hearing more than just tweaked audio. You might be hearing some ads, uh, dropped in. I hope it won't be too jarring or upsetting for you. It's a, you know, um, our, uh, I'm giving you all these, I keep saying, you know, third times a chart peek behind the curtain, like our hosting fees have gone up and there's things. So we're, we're gonna, uh, put some ads hopefully not it won't be too uh, obtrusive but just a heads up you will probably be hearing some ads on the podcast soon yes uh in addition to that i want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great tyler and i use them each and every day of our lives uh today tyler i was listening to i'm gonna go i'm gonna steer all the way back into into metal i feel like i haven't talked about metal in recent weeks on the podcast i feel like 2021 for me i i was feeling like it had been kind of a soft year for death metal i've been listening to a lot of black metal but not a lot of death metal this year but uh, i listened to the new album by a german death metal band called typhonian the album is called the cosmic pendulum of time of course and uh I got to say death metal album of the year so far. Um, and it sounded good on my tweakedaudio.com here, but they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. Did I mention the stylish styles and the colorful colors? I think I you know, did, I use yes. every day. Yeah, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yeah. Uh, don't laugh at me. I didn't, do any, I didn't do or say anything fun. No, it's, you know what? It's, I'll say this. I'm extremely punchy today. It's been okay. a very tiresome uh, last few days. Um, there was just something about the phrase, a soft year for death metal <laughs> that just really felt like, you know, it's like love in the time of cholera. Like it sure, just yeah, has yeah. a, it has a quality <laughs> to it, a certain kind of title to it that, uh, really appealed to me. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the movies that'll be, uh, <laughs> coming up th- this year. Stay tuned. Um, yeah. So we have, uh, as you, as you've probably seen from the title of the episode, we're doing another fall movie preview. We're going to talk about all the exciting things that will be crowding together into movie theaters to watch in the next few months. And as usual, we have, uh, now normally one of the two guests gives me an intro. Uh, uh, I, I, I didn't get one this time, right? but, uh, we have back our sort of, uh, resident, um, What's the word I'm looking for for someone who could see the future? Uh, um, seer, soothsayer, soothsayer is good. Our, our resident cinematic soothsayer, Ooh. Julie Sesnovich, and her uh, lesser half, uh, <laughs> editor at large, Scott and I. I got two things to say. Okay. okay. One, I think we need to make a new T-shirt that's the scene from the Royal Tenenbaums where Ben Stiller is like having his final breakdown, but he's saying, "I've had a softer for death metal, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think we should make that, and sell that yeah no put me down for one yeah we should really be doing point. more merch yeah. yeah in my in my photo editing days when i was using photoshop all the time i was just creating merch that nobody asked for and nobody bought but it, it was funny to me to but offer we weren't it. pushing it is the thing we weren't pushing it really yeah. at all yeah uh scott what's your second observation second thing is we also went to a school that was kind of like an urban campus uh and it was right on the Boston Common. So they advertised this campus on the Common, which was supposed to make you feel like, hey, I can still go throw Frisbees and stuff, just like stepping over ducks and homeless people and stuff. Um, <laughs> so a little different vibe than typical college campus. But we did have dorms. And the dorms were also just shoved into whatever random building was in the downtown area. So like our freshman year dorm was a converted apartment building. They also had people staying at the nearby hotel, which was a double what, tree, a double tree hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently I've heard from more recent grads that they've just expanded the hotel operations to be like, yeah, way down the block, other end of town kind of stuff. They put me in the hotel originally, remember? They had assigned mm. me to the hotel. And at the time it was like a dozen students. So I was like, I'm not super thrilled about this. So my mom, not proud of this, but my mom reamed them out on the phone and they assigned me to a dorm and that's where we met. So I think it was yeah. worth it. Wow. Yeah. Our school did have dorms because yes. I, I had friends who lived in them i would visit yeah jen, jen the lived in the in the dorm the first but then do you also do you, do you remember i don't think i can't remember if this opened while we were still in school do you remember there was a building that was like a third party like like a privately run prison there was a third party that was building a dorm building that would house like three or four different yeah colleges in the downtown chicago area i don't remember if that ever I opened because th- i certainly never knew anyone who lived in them i think that was opening i think that opened after you and i were done but jen was she had one year left after us and i think it opened then she was already living uh on the north side by then but hmm. uh, but yeah the super dorms is what it was referred to as okay. uh on you know, weird we work college to go to there. <laughs> yeah i mean that's, a, that's like... about right i think <laughs> that's a really good way to describe columbia i mean columbia college chicago is essentially like 
and I'm very happy to have gone here as, as we talked about with fellow alum, Kyle Kinane many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's weirdly like, it's essentially like a trade school in many ways, but it happens to have graduated a number of people you've heard of, Yeah, you know, and, and it's had like Roger Ebert taught there and Irvin Welsh taught there. And I met Irvin yeah. Welsh while he was teaching there. And, um, uh, Andy Richter went there and Andy and Andy Dick, right. Both of the, the two, uh, the two funniest Andys. No, Andy Daly's obviously. Oh, there we go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I can't remember if Andy Dick went there or not, but Andy Richter did. Right. Uh, obviously, and, uh, um, Janusz Kaminski went there. Which the the okay, I feel like I'm going to talk a little bit of shit here. Uh, the school, the, at least the film program, loves to talk about how Janusz Kaminski oh, went yeah. there. He doesn't like come back and talk or anything. So, like, I feel like maybe he didn't have the happiest experience there maybe because he he doesn't seem to be very like uh gung-ho about being a columbia college chicago alum yeah john mcnaughton he went there i believe oh okay um Um, and i also the uh why i'm drawing a blank on his name uh who made like men of honor and um uh, it's like george uh, George something yeah now i don't recall there was a big men of honor poster in the film cage there sure were there because there there was was very very proud of, uh, yeah. not a good, but again, uh, <laughs> um, do you, okay. We'll get back off of memory lane. George Tillman jr. Is his name. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. But do you, uh, men of honor when it was in production or before it came out, it had the title Navy divers, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I learned this from you, Tyler. Oh, I, I, now I don't remember what, what do you got? Well, it was basically, when, when I first met you and we would play like the six degrees game, you know, oh, sure. The, the stumper movie was always Blair witch project. Cause it was like three people who had never been in anything. That's right. But you were like, no, Joshua Leonard's in a movie that's coming out. It's called Navy divers. Yes. <laughs> and that was, that was men of honor. Um, uh, and he's anyway, been in a, in a number. Of oh things. yeah. He's great. Yeah. Now I, I look forward to seeing Joshua Leonard and things. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, I don't know. Scott and Julie, any uh, thoughts about uh, famous um, alums from your school? Uh, well, yes, we have a lot of famous dropouts. Um, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Hey, Leno is a famous dropout. Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, I'm not sure I knew that one. Um, some people of unclear graduation status, Jennifer Coolidge being one. Dennis Leary is in the same boat. Um, I thought Andy Richter went to Emory. Maybe Rick. he did. Maybe he did. Um Norman oh. Lear went there for sure. I think he graduated. Um, uh, Part of the show, Matt Belknap went there, I believe. I think Joe Pantoliano, maybe. Ooh. Uh, the guy who created Friends. Um, the lead singer of Passion Pit, who I knew, not a big deal, Michelangelakis. Oh. How's he doing? I, d- I don't know. Check variety. Like, I don't know, but like, he was very cool. He was so, like, even at the time, we're like, he is so cool. He is just like painfully cool. Um, okay, according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Um, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. Andy Richter uh, went to both University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and Columbia College Chicago as a filmmaker, according to Wikipedia. I believe. Um, what's fun? What's fun with Wikipedia is to look up. I mean, you know, I'm sure people look up Andy Richter a fair amount, and so that you know the 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 facts and the phrasing kind of work it works itself out. But the other day, by which I mean this morning, once again, the other day, an all encompassing term for mm-hmm. me um, 
it could mean the future at this <laughs> yeah. point. But uh, but yeah, uh, earlier today I was looking up a four issue Spider-Man miniseries from when I was a kid called The Deadly Foes of Spider-Man, which featured a lot of the lesser uh, Spider-Man villains coming together to to not necessarily kill him like Sinister Six, but to essentially just make a lot of money. Uh, and title sounds just like a kill- lie. I'm just going to point out that for starters. Yeah. But which and one? Pose a Spider Man, but they're the lesser villains who aren't trying to kill him. I don't know. Like you had one. <laughs> it never says deadly foes to Sp- to Spider Man. They are foes of him, and they are deadly, <laughs> but not necessarily to him. They kill a lot of other people in the okay. in the. Uh, right. Thank God. Thank um, God. <laughs> but yeah, and so I was looking up. I think it was like the 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 maybe the Marvel wiki, but it might have been the official uh, Wikipedia page uh if it has one and i was reading the the summary i was like oh boy one person wrote this and no one looked at it like this is written terribly uh especially because it's a plot summary and so just like all these run-on sentences and part of it's like if i had any more time than really any more time than i do i would go in and like I don't remember if they're right as far as the story itself, but just grammatically, I'm going to try and clean this up. But <laughs> I don't find have the Wikipedia time. plot summaries that literally Wikipedia will put in there. This may have too much information. Oh no, I haven't. <laughs> seen It'll that. describe like people walking across the room and opening cabinets and stuff. It's <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> or no, it's oh, like man. this article might not meet Wikipedia's guidelines for clarity or something. Is one I of them? I think it's even more blunt than that. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay. Mm. Wow. Well, um, uh, we're not going to give you too much information today. We're going to give you just the, uh, the, the right amount of information you need about all of the movies. We're not going to talk about all of them. There's a long list here, but all of the movies that we care to talk about that'll be coming out between now. And I guess, um, the end of the year. Okay. And I will say we're still in a pandemic. There is still a heavy asterisk cloud hanging over a lot of this. Um, I even put in the doc some that I think are according to industry gossip, probably goners from this corridor. Um, But it's like, yeah, it's hard to say people are shifting things around. People don't want to spook distributors. Like we just, we don't know. Um, But there is Netflix. Um, there is Amazon. There's some digital releases. There's also some physical releases that at this point can't move anymore. So there will be movies to see. Um, and as a as a bit of a code, as a bit of a cheat, um, Netflix has a very clear strategy where you can tell what they think of their fall movies because the ones they don't care about are day and date. The ones they care about a medium amount, it's theatrical and then streaming a week later. And then the ones that they're really staking all their awards hopes on are theatrical streaming two weeks later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it is a maximum of two weeks um, for that big, glorious, luscious theatrical window. So there'll be something to see. We might not know quite what it is, but there'll be something. So, yeah. Okay. Well, should we leap in? We're going to go week by week, starting with Labor Day weekend, I guess. Yeah. It's the, it's the end of summer, uh, according to tradition. You can't wear white anymore after labor day weekend it will still be a hundred i mean most usually the hottest days of the year in los angeles happen after labor day um uh but let's start with labor day weekend uh what did you guys want to call out for um september 3rd well i saw uh ann at thirteen thousand feet at afi fest probably two years ago uh and really liked it um 
I can't remember the whole details of it, but it's like, it's a similar kind of woman on nervous breakdown on the verge of a nervous breakdown kind of thing. No, I got the data wrong. A woman under the influence, a uh, similar kind of vibe to that of a woman like slowly having mental breakdown um, and how that affects her job and her relationships and stuff. And uh, she also goes skydiving. Uh, and that's really all I remember about it, but I remember thinking it was pretty solid. All right. I am planning to watch and review this before it comes out. So I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Um, I'm realizing now I didn't put kind of the blockbuster ones at the top for each date. That's my bad. Oh, well, but no, that's not your bad at all. (laughs) That's not, that's not who we, uh, we're battleship retention. We start with Anne at 13,000. There we go. There we go. That's the spirit. Um, but moving on from that, there are some blockbusters that weekend, including, and I will, to the extent I remember, call out ones that we've already talked about on the previews. Um, (laughs) I think the current record, I was thinking about this. I think the current record is that we mentioned I Carry You With Me on three consecutive movie previews because it kept wow. getting bumped. So that's the one to beat. And I don't know if we're going to beat it, but this one we've definitely mentioned at least once before. Um, Cinderella. We're doing Cinderella again, folks. Yeah. Um, that is um, an Amazon, um, I think just digital release. Um, on the one hand, you have Kay Cannon writing and directing, and she did Blockers, and that's cool. Um, you also have Billy Porter as a... Uh, I believe gender neutral fairy step person um, and Pierce Brosnan, mini driver. Um, I guess maybe this got cropped, but um, James Corden is in it. So that is a bit of a thing. James Corden is almost like, I just won't see the movie on his uh, because of his involvement. And apparently they also like made her a girl boss. And it's like, now that we're reevaluating like toxic girl boss culture, like maybe that's not the right moment for that, but could be fun. I don't know. Um, All right. Yeah. I, uh, I never saw blockers. Oh, it's great. That's what I hear. Great. Natalie's a big fan. Um, Also that weekend is um, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. I'm, Um, I'm pretty excited for it actually. Um, Increasingly. I'm, so I've been having this conversation with various friends. Like what, what does Marvel do after, Thanos, like, you know, are you going to go and people are like, Oh, what about Galactus? Like it's another cosmic villain. Like there's really, what can you do really? And what with the new Spider-Man trailer uh, and then the Eternals, like what they're doing is branching out in some ways and, and experimenting with like, again, alternate realities and stuff like that. And in other cases, certainly here from a representation standpoint, like telling lesser known stories and in doing so taking a bit of a risk like at this point i think like if it's a marvel movie people will see it i think that's for sure but you know this is a hero i don't know about and granted i haven't read any marvel comics in in quite a while but like i'm still interested because when it's a lesser known character sort of like guardians of the galaxy that allows the filmmaker to take a little a few more risks because there's less of a chance of like pissing off uh the sort of the fanboys i don't like to use that term but you know what i mean um and so i'm excited i'm excited for it uh within reason because it is still a marvel film it's not probably not going to throw that many curveballs our way but i'm ex- i'm i'm excited to see where Marvel goes at the moment. It looks like they're just kind of casting a very wide net and just seeing what happens, uh, which I, some would say is kind of desperate, but I'm actually kind of excited about it because as opposed to simply setting up another 
another big cosmic villain. And I know that I've heard about like Kang the Conqueror. It's like, okay, well, that's another Thanos-esque villain. But with like multiverse stuff and other cosmic stuff like the Eternals and now incorporating other cultures and other kinds of metaphysical and supernatural stuff, I'm really, I'm really interested to see where they go from here. And now that Black Widow's out of the way, I feel like we're really headed down an interesting path as far as Marvel goes. Yeah. As long as they don't do another round of uh, which infinity stones everyone has. Sure. Which sure. Even they seem to give up on halfway through that whole, like, I mean, the really key thing here is that Tony Lung plays the hot evil dad. Yeah. Like that's yes. kind that's... of the, the linchpin of it. That's for what me. Um, this and is... I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, this is only going to be in theaters. This is not a Disney Plus thing. And pretty recently, Disney was lamenting that. They were just like, had we known how things would go, that is, we would not would have not made that choice today. But hmm. that's Interesting. what it is. Um, um, well, sort of kind of speaking of the MCU, um, a movie called Mogul Mowgli is uh, coming out, starring Riz Ahmed as a rapper. It's directed by... Uh, Basam Tariq, who made a great documentary called These Birds Walk uh, nine years ago now, but is also heavily rumored to be the director of the Blade movie. Oh, okay. Um, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I want to see the movie because I liked These Birds Walk and I, um, like everyone else, I like Riz Ahmed uh, a lot. Um, I'm, uh, to the extent that I am invest invested in the future of the MCU, I, uh, I just I, I just like the original Blade too much. I feel like there's not a lot you could do to to make me excited for a different Blade, especially a PG-13 Blade. Come sure. on. Casting Mahershala Ali, I think, is a step in the right direction for me. Sure. Um, and I mean, this guy, I'm sure, I'm sure Bassam Tariq will finally be the one yeah. uh, <laughs> director to bring some personality to the. <laughs> to the mcu i'm sure he'll be he'll be the one that's Absolutely. gonna happen one of they'll these let, days yeah they'll let all the edges stay undoubtedly yeah, yeah. Um, as for um as for mogul mowgli though if you're looking at the synopsis and thinking you already saw this movie because yeah. it's about riz ahmed playing a musician suffering from a degenerative disease um nope it's not quite the same because he's a rapper and he has what's an uh autoimmune disorder so if you like movies about Riz Ahmed playing a musician with a degenerative disorder. And then travels to Europe, apparently. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He... <laughs> Man, okay. Oh, boy. He's uh, getting typecast in a weird way. Very specific um, formula. What if he did yeah. like 10 of these? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Liam Neeson. There's yeah. just a formula. It's like a big package deal. Uh, I, mean, I wouldn't be mad. I like Riz Ahmed. He can make all of these he wants. What, is, what do you guys think of Karen? Um, Karen, the trailer for that went viral on the internet because a lot of people didn't think it was real. They thought it was a parody. Oh, okay. Um, basically, it's it's bonkers. It's like, what if you took Get Out and made it so bad it was unwatchable? I didn't realize this actually was having a theatrical release. I thought it was just going to be on premiering on BET, but it might be okay. both. Um, but yeah, it's Taryn Manning going berserk. I like ter- that. That might be enough for me. Yeah, because I, I like Taren her. Manning. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it definitely just as I'm reading, it's like, you know, I imagine it's trying to sort of capitalize on the moment and even capitalize on like the concept of, of Karen. But I, I have, I imagine there's probably a lot of eye rolling moments in there, despite really liking Taron Manning. It is directed by someone named Coke Daniels, who must have had a (laughs) a time finding a day job with that name. 
I uh, am cautiously looking forward to the year of the everlasting storm because some of the names behind it, it's a, yeah, an, om- sure. a an omnibus uh, uh, film featuring directors a like right? a documentary. No. Yeah. Featuring what's that? That's not a documentary. Oh, it's listed as a documentary and uh, some of the some of the segments I've read about. It, some of the segments are fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's got uh, Jafar Panahi and and David Lowry and Apa Chat Bongwitter, Seth Cool, um, oh, wow. and and some other people making making short films. Um, but they're, uh, you know, they're about, I guess, the pandemic. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. that's kind and of I would, theme. yeah. And I would say um, I was more excited about this movie until I watched Stephen Daldry's Together, which is a pandemic movie that is, I'm sorry, it's so bad. It's like infuriatingly bad. And now I'm like, I don't know if I, I, I don't need to do this to myself over and over again. Well, it's so, hard. Uh, I mean, I have avoided a lot of this like pandemic themed entertainment because it's yeah. like, I don't like I we're living in it. Like I get it. I, I don't know that we've had the space to process this in a right. nuanced way. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. I wonder if like doing it in kind of a short format would be better because it's yeah. like little observations and musings and not trying to build yeah. like a whole arc. Yeah. And they clearly like to, got some yeah. more auteurist leaning types, not just like, oh my god, Zoom calls, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um I did like uh, I don't know if like is the word, but I um, watched um, and appreciated 76 Days, that, that the documentary about, uh, about Wuhan. Well, yeah, uh, about documentaries Wuhan. are different. Yeah. But. yeah, but I think the uh, before Together, the only like movie that I had seen, like movie movie that I'd seen that addressed the pandemic was Borat 2. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I, that's probably the same for me too. And uh, I dug it. But like, a doc- yeah. that's sort of a documentary in a way. Right. It's yeah, not trying yeah. to force commentary. It's just staging situations and then seeing what happens. Um, so documentary and Borat are the best <laughs> pandemic genres is what, I, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got more I want to talk about in the third, if you guys have. Yeah, keep going. Uh, Wild Indian is a movie that I saw at Sundance or, you know, from my couch at Sundance uh, uh, this year that I, that, that I, that I really dug in a, in a low key way. It's basically uh, two, uh, two boys as, as children uh, do something horrible uh, on the Indian reservation where, where they live um, and their lives go to very different ways after that. And the movie sort of catches up with them and the, in 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 the present day but um i you know i think it's a a a movie that obviously has a lot of things that it's pondering about like racial and national identity um and 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 perception uh but it's also just like a sort of psychological study of this basically this one guy who like did something terrible as a kid and doesn't seem to have any regrets whatsoever in his life is going very well <laughs> um uh so yeah it's a, i like a movie where the main character is um like sympathetic in some ways but also maybe a sociopath it's a it's a cool movie and also jesse eisenberg shows up 
Huh. As as the guy's like coworker, he's like only in like a couple scenes, but uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know what his connection is, but uh, he's in there. And then going back to Sundance 2020, I saw Worth, which is not worth your time. Ah! Hey, um, I, I I would I'll here's the thing. Here's, I, I'm not gonna say anything more about the movie. Um, here's what I'll say. My the thing, my takeaway, my biggest takeaway from the, the the screening was that you guys would never guess how you pronounce the director's name. I know that she she made the kindergarten teacher like the American remake. I had an idea in my head of how her name was pronounced based on how it looks and is spelled. Is it Johnson? <laughs> her name so, like okay, okay. Sarah Col- Colangelo or Colangelo. Okay, here's your. Uh, uh, you were close with the last name. Okay. It's Sarah. Oh, Sarah Colangelo. Oh, wow. That's what I learned from the screening. <laughs> is it Sarah Colangelo? Well, it's not uh, anyway. my place to tell other people how to pronounce their name. My name is the most boring in the world, but at the same time, uh, I, I've lost energy immediately. Um, but I mean, that's look, it's, it's a good thing. I remember about the, uh, the movie, the movie is about the, <laughs> <It's> um, <true. laughs> It's about playing, uh, paying compensation to uh, the victims of 9-11 families. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Keaton, which made... He's got a great cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton and, and Stanley Tucci and, and Amy Ryan are all uh, all in it. Um, and... Um, uh, well, now I forget his name. The, the dude who played... Okay, Sopranos Season 2. Christopher has the two, like, dummy friends. One's Matt Bavalacqua, and then there's the other one. Okay. Sean something. I can't remember the character's last name, but anyway, the guy who played Sean is in, is in worth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, Truly on, a stellar cast. <laughs> that'll be on Netflix. So if you don't want to waste money. So are they not doing the two weeks before? Do they not feel good about it? No, okay. no, that it's is right. right that to Netflix. Is, I don't even know if that has a theatrical release. So, ah, yeah. It's not worth it. Okay. The, so that's what I said. That was so my, that was my joke. Um, also, I, the only reason I went to see worth is because I missed getting into the press and industry screening of spree by literally, I was the person like I was, or I was the third person. Yeah. Yes. I was the third person. Cause there's a TCM story where I was the person that can't have happened to me twice. That's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I think I was the third person in line. I didn't get into spree. Uh, and then I ended up watching spree during the pandemic. And I didn't really like that either. <laughs> Sundance, the finest cinema <laughs> in the land. Okay, I, I named two movies. I saw a lot of good movies at Sundance 2020, including Zola. There you and, go. And uh, never really, sometimes, always. Anyway, uh, that's all I had for the third. What do you do? You guys have anything, anything else? I'm going to move on to the next week or what? Uh, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention the new Julia Pinoche movie, which I was the first impact of the pand- pandemic on my personal life was I was supposed to go see this movie, Who You Think I Am, at uh, Rendezvous with French Cinema in New York uh, because Julia Pinoche was going to be there. And then she had to cancel because of the oncoming pandemic. It was affecting mm. Europe much more soon than it was America. So I skipped that movie and instead we went to see a Broadway show. But now I'm excited to see it. All right. On to the eighth, the the tenth. I mean, I guess there's stuff coming out on the eighth. Oh, there's well, but yeah. So some of these are kind of like weekend. they release on like weird off days or whatever. Yeah. But the the next weekend is the tenth. And speaking of Broadway, great setup. Um, so 
the musical Come From Away, which is several years old at this point, um, I think at one point they were going to do, and they might still be planning to do, like an Honest God movie of it, where it's like, like an actual movie. <laughs> I don't really know. Like film a thing and cast no, like people. <laughs> versus filming the stage show. Yeah. So whatever you want to call that, I think they were either going to do that. They might still be doing that. But for the time being, they did just film the stage show. Um, and they're going to put it on Apple TV plus. Um, I've seen the stage show and I liked it, but I, I still don't totally get this whole like film stage show on your TV thing. Like maybe that's I mean, me being been doing it for decades. I know. And like, maybe that's me being elitist or something. I just like, it's like, I can't derive a ton of enjoyment from personally, but some people can. Yeah. So. I'm not that into it. I didn't like the show either. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they are, uh, that release date is well-timed because it is a musical about nine 11 and how, um, all the planes got diverted to this one tiny island in Canada. Like all the planes in the air in the world got diverted to a tiny island in Canada and just like what it was like on that tiny island in Canada mm. for a week. Um, so yeah, that'll be on Apple TV+. Mm. Plus. Um, there's also on Netflix, um, Kate, which is basically, I'm pretty sure yeah. the 1950s yeah. movie DOA, but a girl. Um, and she's an assassin, and she's played by um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, cool. yeah, I mean, they, they seem to be churning out these uh, single-name action movies ever more quickly. Um, and I'm always intrigued by them, but I, I've seen very few of them. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's a bunch of them. Uh, and I, when I was, re I was looking at the the summary, and I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like I, she's. Uh, a, a, an on-screen presence that I always enjoy, but, uh, but yeah, as I was looking at that, it's like a uh, perfect specimen of a finely tuned assassin at the height of her game. I was like, I, man, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be jolted again. Uh, because <laughs> man, that, that did it for me. Not gonna, you're not going to be pepperminted again. I think this is like a cultural shift thing. Cause like post <laughs> post diehard, there was like that run of, like inexperienced people in over their heads, saving the day kind of movies. Right. And now like post John wick, it's like, and really post taken. It's like, they're the best assassin ever. And it's like, well, yeah. sure. They're not gonna have that part of the time doing it. They're the best assassin ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What else? Um, language um, lessons also, is the new film yeah. from Natalie Morales, who directed plan B, which is, uh, uh, a Hulu movie. And as a good, good for a Hulu movie whatever that means uh, yeah, um, this was this i believe this is a i mean it is a pandemic movie it's basically she stars in it as well it's her and mark is it duplass yeah it's not duplass i it's not what i was gonna say i was gonna <laughs> say duplass um anyway it's the two of them and i think it's one of those like because the plot is that she's teaching him Spanish virtually. So it's one of those, like, they're mostly on screen and it's mostly a Zoom screen thing. So it's like, on the one hand, I like both of them a lot. On the other hand, how much more of a Zoom screen can I look at voluntarily? I know, right? Yeah. I, yeah when it's I, I, not I, someone I'm actually interacting with. Um, but listen, we're doing what we can. We're making cinema. Um, so your mileage may vary. Um you also have Malignant, which is a new James Wan joint for people who like scary things. Um, yeah. That is Warner Brothers and HBO Max same day because that's all of the Warner Brothers things we're going to mention are 
Warner Brothers, HBO Max the same day to the great disappointment of the filmmakers who were not told in advance. <laughs> um, but that is how it is. Um, if the horror aficionados want to comment further on that, I have nothing to add to that. No. Um, oh, the new uh, Paul Schrader movies come out. Yes. Very excited. Yes. I, um, I like, I have caught bits and pieces of the trailer going to the Lemley various times because this is a total Lemley movie. Um, I haven't really like watched all the way through to like get a sense of the story, but I just get a lot of like people I like to see movies saying ominous things about like gangster stuff. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Apparently the main character is named William Tell. So, you know, this will be an exercise in subtlety. (laughs) (laughs) It's Paul Schrader. You're not going for the subtlety. I know. But yeah, it's Oscar Isaac, um, Ty Sheridan, Tiffany Haddish. Nice. Um, I know Defoe's in it. Oh yeah, William Defoe. As Major John Gordo. (laughs) I hope he has the cast credit. You know, at some, sometimes in that at the very end of the credits, yeah. and Willem Dafoe <laughs> as Major John Gordo, and you'll be like, "Oh, I can't wait for that guy to show up." Yep. Uh, I like. I'm also like Paul Schrader. Okay, so going back to Blue Collar, and then you got First Reformed, and now this. Like, he has a habit of casting like the best black stand-up comedians, <laughs> <laughs> right? In like not really comedic roles. I'm not sure why. Uh, that is, but it seems to have worked for his movies so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to this movie and to Andrew Tiffany Haddish in it. Um, also on that date um, is Queen Pins, which is a true story about two women who um, started a coupon, a multi-million dollar coupon scam. Um, it stars Kristen Bell and Kirby Howell Baptiste. And with all due respect to Kirby Howell Baptiste, it did originally star Leslie Jones and I like, I can't help but see that as like a tiny bit of a downgrade just because mm. like. Well, what happened? Oh, I don't think it was nefarious. I think it was just <laughs> oh. like a scheduling thing. Conflicts with she the supermarket died. sweep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why your mind went there. Like there's scheduling <laughs> conflicts and stuff all the time. Um, oh, it also has BP favorite Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Um, Vince Vaughn. Um, sure. So I, I was going to say the sight of Leslie Jones, who must be over six feet next to Kristen Bell, who must be three feet tall, would have been <laughs> yeah. very amusing. But Vince Vaughn will kind of make up for that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. it'll be it's almost like a, it'll look like a nesting doll, uh, like all <laughs> <laughs> all spread out. Um, there is a, a documentary called Show Me the Father that I am not in, uh, excited about, but I feel like I should mention it because it's directed by, um, well, I guess it's not directed by Alex Kendrick, but I think he's the, the Kendrick brothers who made, you know, Fireproof and War Room and all that. They're, they're uh, featured in it and there are producers behind it and explores the idea of, of fatherhood. And uh, the reason that I mention it is because they also are re-releasing. I don't know if it's, I don't remember if it's the same day or if it's further down here, but uh, in 2011, they made a film called Courageous that I did not care for. I guess that kind of goes without saying, but, uh, and that's a a film about fatherhood. And they decided to, (coughs) I would say cynically either as a way to uh, play up this documentary, or maybe the documentary is meant to play up uh, the film, they made something called uh, uh, like Courageous Legacy or something like that, where it's the same film, but they recut it. And they also shot some footage showing like these same guys, like 10 years later after they've made this pledge to be better fathers or whatever. So um, I, without saying names, I know somebody who was able to see like early footage of show me the father and said that 
unsurprisingly, uh, they don't really delve that deep into the concept of fatherhood and what that means anymore. Like they have an idea. Again, this should not shock anybody. They have an idea of like, well, this is what this is the point we want to make about fatherhood from a Christian perspective. And we will just interview the people that will affirm that. And then we and even those people, we're not going to ask any uh, particularly probing questions like it's it's about as uh, as shallow as can be based again solely on what somebody uh, who saw some of the interviews said. Uh, And I guess maybe it uh, it took a, a crazy turn towards quality since then. But somehow. I doubt it, but, uh, but I'm fascinated less by this documentary and more by courageous legacy, which is sort of a companion piece to this. And like, it's not, it's, Oh, they're kind of, they're sort of doing a boyhood type thing in their own way, or I guess more like a, like an up series kind of thing, but with fictional characters. So who knows, maybe 10 years from now, they'll make another one. But I felt like that I wanted to, uh, to, to mention that because, you know, it's always good to find out what's going on in the world of Christian film, which mm-hmm. affects nobody. <laughs> no, I, I saw that. And I thought you might have a take on it. It does seem to be a very closed ecosystem. <laughs> Oh my yes, yeah. I think people like listening to this podcast partially because they get it's the it's it's their one window into the Christian cinema, <laughs> yeah. cinema it world. Is your source yeah, for exactly. uh, for very cynical takes on Christian film. Uh, uh, in the somewhat less religious realm, on that we're still on um, September tenth, by the way. Um, there's something called Small Engine Engine Repair. It's an adaptation of a play, um, and I am seeing. It's about three dudes who love rowdy bars and the Red Sox. So I am just, I'm, as someone from Massachusetts, I'm already worried about the Boston accents. Like my body tensed up reading that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm worried. Um, and like, look, it's, uh, it's John Bernthal and Shea Wiggum. And I, I don't know. Maybe they have it in them. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I, also, I did uh, see a trailer Jordan, for it. Oh, okay. Jordana, Jordana Spiro or Spiro. I don't know how you say her name, but uh, big fan, big fan of her. I saw a trailer for it and obviously trailers are meant to, to sell us, but it looked really intriguing to me. And I don't particularly recall any kind of thick Boston accents. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it looks really good. And I like, I like uh, Shea Wiggum and you know what? I'm not a big fan of John Berth- uh, Berthal, but I might uh, put that to the side to, to watch the film. Cause it really looked like, a really interesting, and I didn't know it was based on a play. That actually makes me more intrigued by it. So I guess uh, they might live in New Hampshire. That's where the okay the rowdy Red Sox fans without the accents are. But sure. Um, also, on that date, there's something from is a digital release from Amazon called The Voyeurs, which is basically Young Rear Window hmm. again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like Disturbia. You can never make too many rear windows. It's yeah. an evergreen premise. Yeah. It's kind of true. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Call out on the tenth. I'm ready to move on to the seventeenth myself. New Clint. Uh, well, I, oh yeah, let's start with that. Cry Macho. It's all you need. It's called Cry Macho. It stars Clint. It's about a washed-up rodeo star in the seventies. Hell yeah! No wait. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Dwight Yoakam's in it. I mean, yeah. Holy shit. What else? Oh, and, and, and Clint himself is in it. I thought yeah. he was, I thought he was done with acting. So that's interesting. 
yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with everybody else here. I, uh, I'm looking forward to a new Clint Eastwood movie. I'm intrigued. The mule. Oh, go ahead. I liked the mule. No, the mule was fantastic. Yeah. I liked I it a lot. See it. I need, I know I need to, um, I'm interested in blue Bayou. Um, I liked Justin Sean's previous film, uh, gook, looking at the looking at the description i feel bad for him from a timing standpoint because in a way that that is unfortunate i feel like a lot of people are going to look at this and see as like minari's younger brother um which is to say like you know he's a you know asian american guy like specifically in like the rural south and trying to right. like make a go of it and even though the the specifics aren't exactly the same i feel like just the generalities people will look at and see like oh I, I already saw this movie like this will be infamous to capote or something like that or dante's peak to to volcano yeah or well okay i was gonna, I was gonna do the joke from knocked up which is panda express yoshinoi beef bowl um <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I'm excited for Blue Bayou because I have a press screening on the books and I had so few press screenings that any, like, I'm, I'm so looking forward to press screening. So uh, I, I got an invite too, and I wish that I could have made it, but unfortunately I'm teaching class. Yeah, but I will, I will be seeing it uh, in less than a week. So uh, um, what else? Also, on, also on that date, you have um, Best Sellers, which is a buddy road trip movie with the, Classic duo of Michael Caine and Aubrey Plaza. Hmm. Okay. Um, he's like a crusty old author and she's the publicist or agent or something. Yeah. I like them, but I don't ha hold out much hope. Uh, There's a new Nicolas Cage movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, which uh, Cage has claimed is his craziest movie ever, which is a very Cage thing to claim. <laughs> um, uh, I also saw this one at at Sundance this year. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I very much in, in, enjoyed it. It's, you know, uh, uh, Gonzo like Western mixed with like, I guess like escape from New York. It's got that, like the thing of the, 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 the trope of the like prisoner who's like let out of prison to go on a suicide mission. And basically if you could do this and survive, we'll give you your, your freedom. Um, uh, it's, a uh, yeah, just don't take it too seriously. It's a, 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 a ton of fun. And Nicholas Nicholas Cage does get to do his Nicholas Cage thing. As other people have pointed out, there's a scene in the movie in which he uh, yells the word testicle in a weird way, which is just, <laughs> that's just such a Nicholas Cage thing. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure he had a blast. I'm so happy for him. What is a normal way to yell testicle, I guess, is my question. <laughs> yeah, that's does he like, mispronounce it? Does it go like testicle? <laughs> he, he does put the the uh the emphasis on uh uh the last syllable and like sure. so it's like testicle <laughs> <So he says laughs> um we also since netflix is weird and releases things in the middle of the week um september 15th it's something called night books is coming out um it's based on uh i think a kid's book but it's like horror for kids kind of kind of in the hmm like goosebumps type of vein and it stars um kristen ritter as a witch which seems appropriate yeah um so if you like spooky things for kids that's on netflix on the 15th um, i also excited about a uh, wife of a spy the new kiosha kurosawa movie um always speaking of movies. speaking of movies i'm seeing i'm going to see it tomorrow Dave's just seeing all the movies sometime yeah. in the vague future. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a, I've only seen a couple of his movies, but he's a really uh, great director, and this looks like a stellar uh, kind of spy drama. 
yeah. espionage stuff that I can dig 1940s set. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it tomorrow. By the time you hear this, I've already seen it. Whoa. Wow. Um, Talk about the other day. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm curious <laughs> about, uh, collection. Um, I haven't seen any of Mariana Palka's, um, uh, uh, work. Um, but, uh, I, I like her as an actress on uh, on Glow, um, and also Alex Pettifer is in Collection. I didn't uh, know people were like letting him be in movies still because wasn't he like <laughs> didn't every like everyone hated him on Magic Mike? Like he was like a terrible uh, person, and he like later like came like oh yeah he like admitted maybe that, I mean that's the thing is he's like had to come to, to come to Jesus moment because I remember him like he said something like yeah I was full of myself and acting awful, but like Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, if Channing, if Channing Tatum, she says he's a nice guy. If Channing Tatum hates you. Sure. You're, 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 <laughs> you're fucking up. But, uh, I guess welcome back, Alex Pettifer. <laughs> There's a new Joe Carnahan movie, which, the true uh, story of I know. Paul. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like the most Joe Carnahan movie ever. Which and I say that in a if, negative way. Uh, yeah. No, if 15 years ago, you told me about this movie, I'd be like, Oh, cool. But then Joe yeah. Carnahan like stopped being good at making movies, yeah. and uh, and now something that sounds up his alley is just not not of interest to me. Yeah, it was only a matter of time before he and Frank Grillo found each other. I feel like <laughs> I'm happy for like, them. I don't know, just like the guy made Narc and the guy made Smoke and Aces, and he sort of like was standing before in front of two different doors, and he picked the Smoke and Aces door. <laughs> yeah. I think is what happened. Yeah. And I know not everybody loves narc as much as I do, but I, I really, it's not necessarily, it's not like it's a particularly subtle movie, but comparatively it's, uh, yeah, comparatively, you know, it's, it's fucking like, yeah, it's Michael Mann. There you go. Uh, okay. So the eyes of Tammy Faye, man, like, uh, maybe, maybe it's because of, of my belief system, but I just instinctively like any time a, a film attempts to depict admittedly a rather cartoonish aspect of of that faith or at least that culture uh i'm interested but i also despite a really great cast and i'm definitely interested in vincent d'onofrio as jerry falwell just like i i saw the trailer i know michael showalter as a filmmaker i tr for the most part i trust jessica chastain and andrew garfield but just everything about it seems so inherently condescending uh, and totally, I could be wrong and I'm willing to be wrong, but it seems as David and I have talked about, like with the movie vice and, and some other films, it just seems so uncurious. It just seems like an opportunity to just make fun of these admittedly ridiculous people. And, and Michael Schalter seems like a weird, I like the big yeah. sick. I think he's good at certain, sure. At, at certain types of, of, of things, but this doesn't seem like it's in his wheelhouse. Right. And I, and yeah, I just, uh, I, I trust the cast. I don't necessarily trust him. And, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested and I'm willing to have an open mind. It seems like it would almost be worth it for Vincent D'Onofrio's Jerry Falwell though. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, gotta be intrigued there. Yeah. Um, also on that date, um, on directly on Amazon, uh, on Amazon video, this got punted a few times but um everybody's talking about jamie that's the title that's not right. me declaring the state of right. the movie but that is the actual full title um it's an adaptation of a stage musical about a teenage boy who becomes a drag queen um 
I love musicals. I'll probably watch it. Um, it has Sharon Horgan and Richard E. Grant. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, my interest level, even though I just saw a Sharon Horgan movie together that I, again, despised, uh, I still will show up for Sharon Horgan. Yeah. Or in related news, if you don't want to watch um, this movie, the stage show is coming to L.A. early next year. So you got options. Speaking of people I will show up for, uh, the new Millie and Laurent directed film uh, starring her and Lou Delage, uh, both of whom I'm a tremendous fan of, um, is coming out also through Amazon this day, called The Mad Women's Ball. Uh, 19th century Paris, woman is unfairly diagnosed with a nervous system disorder. She's confined. She manages to escape. Digging it. And Laurent's a super sharp director. Um, I'm a gigantic fan of her film Breathe. Uh, the other, her other films are not quite as uh, up there, but she's got an incredible eye for this kind of stuff, especially being an out-and-out thriller. I'm really intrigued. And Lou Delage is in Breathe too, right? I, I didn't see yeah. Breathe, but she, yeah, okay. Because um, I also, as I know you did just recently watched um, uh, Anne Fontaine's White as Snow starring yeah. uh, Lou Delage. Um, which I don't know if you go to Luda Lush's, uh, IMDb, why does know is the second time she's starred as like the star of an up-to-date snow white. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there's guess. like, there's like a made for French TV one when she was like a teenager. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, also on the state, you have the nowhere in, which is like a sort of meta fictional, thing with um carrie brownstein saint vincent and dakota johnson as herself i feel like this is sometimes i've said this before sometimes the more something seems like tailor-made for me the more suspicious i get in certain sure. ways right. and so yeah. like um yeah i was i think when i first heard about it i was like oh wow carrie brownstein and saint vincent doing a movie together and the closer it gets to coming out i'm like i don't know if this is going to be for me it seems i don't know Two on the nose <laughs> yeah um there's also something called lady of the manor coming out which is a ghost comedy with melanie linsky judy greer justin long louis guzman and ryan Philippi. it's also co-directed by justin long which is very strange but you mm -hmm. know judy okay. greer i'm at least yeah. intrigued and louis guzman yeah oh yeah sure i mean our buddy right <laughs> But like we, we beat him at trivia yeah. once. Yeah, we yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He, he I mean he left early, which say, I'm taking as like accepting. Like, yeah, he was so embarrassed about how bad we were beating yeah, him that he left that, early. Yeah, obviously. Um what else? We also have a documentary on that day called In Balanchine's Classroom, which has like uncovered footage of George Balanchine rehearsing his dancers, got a shout out for the ballet nerds out there. Um and Right, 24th, that weird, 24th. Oh, oh, no, there's serious. Yes. <laughs> I don't make the rule. It gets, listen, it gets thinner as we go. Cause they announce a lot of stuff for, you know, anyway, yes, um, that's my memory. Yeah. There's a, there's a weird thing coming out also on the state on Netflix and then coming out a week later, I am on streaming. So medium awards hopes using the scale previously described, um, okay. called the starling, which oh, is, yeah. A grieving Melissa McCarthy becomes obsessed with a bird. Um, her husband is played by Chris O'Dowd. It also has Kevin Klein, Timothy Olyphant, um, and David Diggs. Um, and it's directed by Ted Melfi. Yeah. Uh, Wait, who's Ted Melfi? Yeah. 
Um, he directed, uh, I feel like stuff that people don't really like, but I can't really remember. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I thought. Hold on. It might mean something, but. Uh, 24th. He, oh, he made, did he make uh, St. Vincent? Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, people didn't like that. But he made uh, Hidden Figures, which I, I did like. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, she she's obsessed with the bird, and then she sees a therapist, and I don't know. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. 24th, the weird Dear Evan Hansen movie's coming out. Yeah. So for people who don't know the deal with that, basically... It's a Broadway musical. It starred Ben Platt. He, the, the title, or not, I don't know if he's technically the title role. Anyway, the main role is a high school boy. He originated the role on Broadway. They were going to have 17 him, years ago. <laughs> they were going to have him in the movie version. Then the pandemic hit and he kind of, I think he was like contractually obligated to be in it, but he kept getting older. And then now he's like 28 and looks it. Um, so that's why it's weird. And you see him in the trailer and he has really long bangs to cover what people suspect to be forehead wrinkles. Mm. Um, and it's like a bummer because it's like I've never seen the musical and I want to. And the cast is amazing. I mean, it has like Amy Adams and Caitlin Deaver and like all Julianne, people, Moore. Julianne Moore. But Amanda are, Stenberg. Yeah. People are very hung up on the fact that he looks very old and it was probably just some weird contract thing. Um so we shall see. It's playing the fall festivals, so word will be out soonish. Okay, uh, and that word will, will probably not be correct at first blush, <laughs> <laughs> right? When these like studio awards hopefuls premiere at, at, at festivals, they get like uh, way too much. At least of a little a, bump, yeah. A the, little bit, because, I would say, like the, because the, the wrong people are seeing them. I well, guess I'm yeah. saying there's the green book. It's the green book effect. Right. I'm talking, I for, well, yeah, like, you know, if the people who saw green book at Toronto or whatever and loved it are partially to blame for it getting like sort of locked in as a best picture favorite in people's minds early on. But you also got to figure with the festivals now there fewer people can go. There's not as many people going publicly. I think they said it can, there were like no walkouts this year. And I was wondering if that's because it's like so many fewer people are there and they're people who really had to fight to be there. So they're like, maybe not as much the walking out type. Right. Okay. So who knows? Um, also on uh, September 24th on Amazon, um, you have something called birds of paradise, which is a ballet drama again for the ballet heads. Um, it's like a, I guess black swan, but not creepy. <laughs> sure. um, just like about the intense, like emotional and physical demands of ballet. But to my knowledge, no one turns into a swan. Um, you also uh, have on uh, that date. Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna. I was gonna call out uh, El Planeta, which was one of my favorite films that I saw at Sundance this this year. A uh, Spanish comedy about a mother and daughter who are broke but um trying to sort of be uh balling on a budget like they have uh, expensive tastes and are broke and are sort of in denial and scheming to to uh uh maintain their you know diet of high fashion when they literally can't afford to eat or keep the electricity on it's uh i guess there's a version of this what i'm saying that is a very sad movie but this is a very funny movie <laughs> 
I was going to say, I you're describing reading... Grey Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started reading the synopsis, like, as you were saying, oh, hilarious comedy. And I was like, really? I mean, it's, you know, for artsy, like, foreign art house people, it's a hilarious comedy. I'm not saying it's fucking like Talladega Nights or whatever, but um, I thought it was very funny. It was definitely of the movies we watched at Sundance this year. It was by far Natalie's favorite. Um, uh, and, and it was close close for me as well uh, I'm, I'm uh both interested and not in uh east of the mountains uh starring tom skerritt and that is why i'm interested is because i like tom skerritt and i like the idea of him having a starring vehicle but when i read the synopsis which is like retired heart surgeon recent widower learns he has terminal cancer so he like sets off on a journey and it's just like uh, all right that that premise is not unworkable. It's just that I've seen it before, but I like Tom Skerritt and I'm excited to see what he could do with it. But, um, but that's, it's, I'm always excited when like an older character actor gets work, uh, especially like is the, is the, the lead of something, but it's, it's usually something like this, which somebody has had all these it's, I mean, honestly, I, it reminds me in many ways of, of about Schmidt, which is, or I guess even like wild strawberries, like the sort of, those are for me, like the gold standards of this kind of movie. Um, and, uh, sort of like a, a, an older coming of age movie. And I like Tom Skerritt, but that's an unfortunate premise. And so we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I'm, I'm interested to see how it's received. Um, also in the state, you have, I'm your man, which is a German movie that basically gender swaps, um, ex machina and makes it a dramedy and the sexy robot is played by Dan Stevens. So I'll be there. Um, I think he even learned German. He like speaks perfect German in it too. Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm definitely uh, interested. I I never saw the movie, the guilty from 2018, but I'm definitely interested in Anton Antoine Fuqua's remake of it with uh, a stellar cast. Um, I'm always pulling for Antoine Fuqua. He doesn't always, you know, doesn't always score, but I was every time there's a new Antoine Fuqua movie, I want it to be good. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw the guilty, um, the, so it's a remake of a Danish movie and it's kind of like a, um, what's the word? Not a bottle episode, but like a locked room thriller. Yeah, I guess basically. Yeah. He's not locked in the room, but it's like, it's basically to his desk as are we all by yeah. capitalism. He's a, he's like a nine one one dispatch operator who takes a call that turns out to be very involved, but basically so are all the other cast members voice only then. Well, this is what I don't know because I really liked the original movie. I thought it was very effective at what it was doing. You really honestly, like most of the time you're just seeing this guy's face and you're experiencing it through his eyes, but you don't see pretty much anybody else. So I'm seeing all these cast members and I'm like, I don't know if they are just voice yeah, only. I feel like you're going to cut to the van sooner or later. Because the uh, problem is if you uh, cut to the call, I feel like that right, gives away the game. The premise because like shocker, the call is not what it seems. Yeah. Um and I don't really know how you could show that without giving it up. Yeah, cuz there are other people at the office or the office, I don't know, the call center where, But they're just kind of okay. wandering around. There weren't like There's occasionally like some banter and stuff, but I can't yeah. see all these people filling out that 
call center. Yeah. The, and these are like, these are not the types of people who would show up for like a tiny voice role. Right. You know? So I'm, I'm very curious. I, I we should like say that it's Jake Gyllenhaal, Peter Sarsgaard, Riley Keough, Divine, Divine Joy Randolph, uh, Paul Dano, Ethan Hawke, Bill Burr. It's a good, good cast there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. But I, I again, I'm like, I, I just hope it isn't too stuffed with people because what made the original one work mm. is that it's just one guy and you don't have all the information, you know? Um, so that is that I have medium faith in that one that is theatrical on the 24th and then on streaming, uh, the first, um, speaking of the first getting that Sopranos movie. Yep. Are we on October 1st then? Sure. The many saints of Newark. Mm-hmm. So that is a Sopranos prequel. Um, also debuts on HBO Max same day. They got James Gandolfini's son to play him, which is kind of a trip. Um, I think they have a pretty good cast. Yeah, it's uh, John Bernthal again, John Up, Corstal, Ray Liotta, Vera Farmiga. Yeah. I th- um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Gandolfini was on The Deuce as well, by the way. Um, is he good? Uh, yeah, yeah, he actually he actually was kind of good on, on it. I mean, his character is very unlikable, uh, but yeah, he was uh, he was good. Um, but I, I don't know if the, is this is this like common knowledge? The name the the name of the movie Many Saints. That's Christopher Moltisanti. Moltisanti means many saints. Oh, that's where that came from. So the Moltisanti family is, 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 I don't know. Someone said that to me and I was like, oh, but I didn't know if I was like supposed to already know that. I, uh, okay. Okay. I guess I didn't make that connection. I can tell you that. I'm glad. uh, I'm glad that I'm not the only one then who hadn't made that connection. Uh, I am a super pump for Titan or however you say that the can award winning, apparently absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. Uh, French film that I don't want to read too much about, but seems to be like, crash on steroids kind of thing yeah mm. believe it or not the synopsis we have in this system from what i've heard is undersells how fucked up it is can't um, wait I'm very <laughs> but yeah it's the woman i'm not going to try to pronounce her last name sorry but she directed raw and that made a big julia ducournau ducournau nailed it sure um but yeah apparently it's just completely off the wall um but was very well received um, my deal is that I try to pronounce, I, I, I don't know. It, Cause what is like, I guess if I'm the person, if I'm Julia Ducourneau listening to this podcast, am I more bothered by someone getting my name wrong or by someone saying like that name's so weird. I'm not even going to try. Oh, so, it's not that it's weird. It's just like, I mean, I punted and you, you took it. So it worked yeah. out. Um, also on that date, um, is a movie called May Day, which is about like this feverish land of women um, engaged in a never-ending war. Um, it has Mia Goth, Juliette Lewis, and Grace Ooh, Van Patten. Grace Van Patten. Yep. There we <laughs> go. I'm a, I'm a Grace Van Patten guy. I feel like I need an audio snip of that, and that just comes up every time you text me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I haven't heard a reaction like that since... Um, What's his name? Uh, it boy Joe Alwyn. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like Grace Van Patten's not an up and coming. Grace Van Patten, in my mind, is an established. Rat. Yeah, she's an established yeah. uh, presence. I I like Grace. Yeah, Van no, Patten. she was great in Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, did you guys ever see Tramps? 
No. no. That was a Netflix movie. It's her and Callum Turner. Uh, they're kind of like low level, like schemers trying to like pull some shit. It's a good movie. Um, also on the date, you have Falling for Figaro, which is Danielle McDonald as an aspiring opera star. Um, I like her. She's Me too. Um, you also have The Addams Family 2, which is um, day and date. So that'll be on Amazon, I think. Uh, yeah, on digital and in theaters. Here's, um, here's hoping that they'll do another uh, IHOP tie-in, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were supposed to, because I, I don't know... Um, I read that there was going to be a line of like, cause I keep looking for our pa- Patreon where we like eat, uh, tie in foods. Cause there were supposed to be like, um, pop tarts, like Adam's family pop tarts that I, that, that I saw got announced, but I don't know when I'm guessing maybe closer to the release, but I've been checking every time I go to, to Ralph's to see if they have the Adam's family pop tarts. What flavor do you think that's going to be? Cause it's purple. Oh, I Obviously, look it that's like their, that is definitely there. You know what? Let's save it for the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people pay, have to pay to hear that shit. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, right. but for the Adams Family one, I guess. Yeah, the last Adams Family one, we went. Uh, there was a an IHOP menu, and and we, uh, you and I, ate a bunch of IHOP into microphones, and people loved. It. They did. <laughs> That's like, wait a minute, I I don't remember the Korean word, but it's like that Korean word of people who just do video broadcasts where they eat a lot of food. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, you should get into that as a side hustle. I mean, depending on how okay. that episode went, but it has to be video. Um, uh, also Tyler, I don't know if you saw, we have a new God's not dead installment. Yeah, um, I know. I, I know, yeah? I know okay. about it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you, uh, you know anything to say? it's a fathom event, no less. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, so here, okay. There have been four of these things. Yeah. Now, first one I'm on record as saying worst movie of the 2010s. Second okay. one. I'm, I have the unpopular opinion of thinking it's slightly better than the first one. Still awful, slightly better. Sure. I didn't see the third one, which apparently is unfortunate because people that I trust say that certainly it's the best of the three, but also it's surprisingly good. Not to suggest that it is good. It's just surprisingly good. <laughs> I mean, it uh, sounds like they're just getting better with each movie. So really by this point. But the thing is, like, I saw the trailer for this and... First off, like they just keep building things around. And that's not true, actually. The second one, they they it was an ensemble again, and they had a, 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 a Melissa Joan Hart, I think, as as the main character. But you've got David A. R. White, who's like the the head of Pure Flicks, and they keep bringing back this character. And David A. R. White plays him, and he's not a terrible actor. He's just not very charismatic, and they just keep making him the lead. And I think that is a horrible mistake. Um, and they just keep finding like, you know what, maybe there's maybe there is some kind of issue with homeschoolers and the government trying to, like, shut them down or whatever. I've not heard of that, but just because I haven't heard of it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. But is it such a big deal that it requires uh, a, an overly dramatic uh, movie to be made about it? Uh, my guess is no, but that has never stopped them from uh, before from uh, taking uh, a niche issue and making it seem like it is the issue of our day. Um, and so, yeah, I uh, I'm not holding out much hope. I do. I feel like I do need to go back and watch the third one, though, based on what people have said. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not holding out much hope for God's not dead. We the people. I just noticed that with the naming of these, they went the diehard route where the second one was a two and then yeah. starting to 
third, they started going like extra title. Yeah. And I don't know why they did that. Uh, I guess really just, you know, to try to, em- yeah, to emulate Die Hard. I mean, yeah. uh, Reverend Dave is our John McClane, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so moving on to um, October 8th, if that's okay, we have sure. the movie in that in a way its shifts have defined the pandemic. And that is the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Um, apparently the industry buzz is that they're done running. They're like, we cannot physically, emotionally, spiritually, or financially move this thing again. Yeah. So I mean, after yeah. a while, you can't advertise a movie for like three years, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So basically, cause the other thing is they, now they have all these, like all this press tour wrapped up and all this stuff booked that they're just like, it's happening. And they also apparently want to have the narrative of we had the biggest post pandemic box office opening. Hmm. So, but then like privately, they're just like, we just listen, we'll blame the pandemic. We'll move on with our lives. So Yeah. Come, come October, it's happening. Folks. I never saw Spectre. I feel like I, I got to go back and watch it. It's, it's fine. It has its moments. Uh, certainly, it, it, it really starts off well, but it winds up being pretty mundane. Um, it's certainly no Skyfall, nor is it Casino Royale, and I actually didn't see Quantum of Solace. Which, to me, is not high praise to begin with. So, <laughs> Which one? Either I, I don't care for Skyfall or Casino Royale. I think they both oh. got the great starts and then peter off pretty quickly. I think Sky I think Skyfall benefits from a fun performance uh by Javier Bardem. Sure. Um but uh but yeah, no, I I, I agree. Like the big uh the big confrontation at the end of Skyfall, I feel like is like, yeah, I get what you're doing, but it, this is a little bit too much like home alone. But I like Carrie Fukunaga and I feel like this I feel like some new blood would be good because Sam Mendes has done the last, uh, the last two. two. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I feel like this will, I don't know. I feel like this, it, it could be good. That, that's the thing with James Bond. It could always be, it could always go one way or another. And uh, is this, is this Daniel Craig's last run as that's the word? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. He already like threatened to kill himself once and they got him again though. So who knows? They are in this one. They have Lashana Lynch playing like, they're not going to make her James Bond, but they're clearly kind of teeing her up to be like Mm. a more pivotal, like secret agent character. Um, They're still going to have a James Bond. He's still going to be white. They've made that very clear, but it's like they are kind of positioning her to maybe take on a bigger role. So that could be, fun or her life could become miserable um can we talk about the the october 8th movie everyone actually wants us to talk about which is lamb. the movie yeah the movie where Namir Rapaz raises a lamb human hybrid baby oh yeah <laughs> like like every other good uh los angeles hipster i'm very excited for lamb yeah <laughs> very much very much okay i guess we said everything about lamb I mean, that we were gonna say you hit the premise, you hit the new repost as a star. Uh, we kind of, and I, I took us down a couple notches for being excited about it. That's, that's really all you can say about it. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell, I'll tell a fun story about Nimi Rapace. Uh, I learned how to pronounce her name at the same time that Ridley Scott did, <laughs> which is <laughs> during a Comic-Con panel where he <laughs> didn't know how to pronounce her name uh, for, obviously that would have been for Prometheus, right? Yeah. Doing that right. Yeah. Um, like, so she was like, uh, he was like, I'm sorry. And, and she said, it's new meter pass. So that's how I know how to pronounce her name. And hopefully Ridley Scott remembered too. <laughs> yeah. He's old enough. We can only yeah. hope. Um, 
Also on that day, so this is still October 8th, is a movie called Mass, which is about um, parents who come together years after a tragic school shooting. Um, this played some Sundance, um, I think, to good reception. Um, David, I don't know if you were on I the I didn't beat. see it. Um, but, um, yeah, it has Ann Dowd, Martha Plimpton, Jason Isaacs, Reed Burney. Yeah. But it's also, it's directed by yeah. Frank Kranz. Yeah, um, who from, I think of as an actor. Yeah, he's like on Dollhouse and he was in Cabin things. in the Woods. Yeah. I, I just mean like, has he directed other things? Um, I don't know. No, this is his only credit according to IMDb. Um, but I guess the reason it's weird is that like, okay, like Justin Long's got his first movie coming up, but it's like a comedy. Justin Long's a comedic actor. You expect his movie to be a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Frank Kranz, I think of as a comedic actor. Um, or at least like a character actor who's comic relief often. Maybe it's just because of his... Uh, what's that? He's Paul to Krasinski. Okay. That's what we're calling it now? That's what oh, we're calling Oh, right. Yes. Well, hopefully this will be better. Um, uh, no, I, I, I liked A Quiet Place just fine, but I didn't like The Holler or whatever that was called. <laughs> what about uh, the his actual first movie that nobody remembers? <laughs> Um, Brief yeah. interviews with hideous men. Yes, that's right. the one. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, nobody did. Yep, I just pretend it doesn't exist. All right, so are we under the fifteenth? Yeah, with the movie that's clearly Mia targeted Hansen for Love? Scott and I, Bergman Island, uh, yeah. directed by Mia Hansen Love, uh, who's yeah. already one of my favorite filmmakers, and now is making a movie uh, inspired by uh, Ingmar Bergman films and shot on the the island in which he lived the later part of his life and uh, shot most of his later films. I love it. And Tim Roth, Mia Vazhikovska, and Vicky Creeps. Yeah, it's yeah. hitting every single one of my buttons, and yeah. I'm extremely excited. Yeah, yeah, this is up my alley as well. Uh, Halloween Kills. Yeah, strange title, right? Well, I guess yeah. that if, if God's Not Dead is taking the <laughs> diehard route, Halloween is taking the machete route, right? <laughs> I guess. Wasn't the second one called Machete Kills? Machete is a guy. <laughs> <laughs> The, 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 uh, you know, the, the killer in Halloween is not called Halloween. Yeah. But maybe ju- they just, they do what, uh, who is it? Is it Bart Simpson? Is that Homer yeah. Simpson? Yeah. It's yeah, Bart. yeah. Yeah. There's the one where Halloween goes after, uh, right. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh, the thing that, that gets me much like Halloween too, I'm always intrigued when a movie, uh, starts like it literally says minutes after this happens, like, Oh, I'm always excited right. to see that when just see like, cause it gives you the opportunity to watch them both one right after another and just see if they actually hmm. can exist as one, as one thing. <laughs> I don't know you're why that's noting, excited for me. You're going to be noting like continuity errors. Like there was a stain on her shirt cuff in the first one. <laughs> they She's didn't like think this three through. years older for some reason. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, it's been an ordeal. I get it. And, but at the sure. same time, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I didn't mind David Gordon Green's Halloween. I, I kind of appreciate how brutal it was. And I feel like he had a really nice, uh, he has a really nice eye for horror and it has a nice pace to it. So yeah, sure. I'll give this one a look. 
Um, so also on this date for now, but probably not by the time you hear this, is um, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, the, the, the tea, the hot goss, is that they want to move it to January, but they're waiting till CinemaCon is over so they don't piss off all the exhibitors that are in a room at the same time. So <laughs> by the time you hear this, it might be a January movie and out of our current purview. Um, Nevertheless, I'm excited for this movie for two reasons. One, versus Venom, pretty solid flick. Good time. Very strange, 90 minutes, super wild. Uh, this one ups the ante by having a story by credit by Tom Hardy, which like oh, yeah. is That's very funny. strange and very, uh, very exciting. I did not like the first one. I know that I'm not alone in that. Uh, there's some things I like about it, but for the most part, it just feels... I guess, you know what? I kind of appreciate how not like a modern superhero movie it feels. I, I'm, oh, not yeah. the first, yeah. I'm not the first one to say that it feels like it came out in 2003 uh, and yeah. it looks and it looks like it, too. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, uh, Woody Harrelson uh, as your villain, uh, an opportunity for him to go completely over the top. I'll take it. So, sure. Why not? Tom Hardy doing pretty much anything is reasonably compelling. There's yeah. like a baseline of compelling to him doing yeah. anything. For me, anyway. Speaking his, perform back. his performance is so twitchy in that first one. Like it's, it's like he didn't know what to do, so he decided to do everything. Great. <laughs> Even so, I guess, yeah. I guess you could do worse than that. You could do worse. Uh, speaking of actors writing things, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck turn return to the typewriter for the Last hmm. Duel. Um, which speaking I of Ridley Scott, yeah, I am super excited for. Uh, mostly, do you think because... he knows how to pronounce Jody Comer's name? Oh, no, no way. Okay. Uh, doesn't even know who she is. Um, <laughs> I, I really think I've realized in recent years that Matt Damon is a tremendously underrated writer. I mean, even leaving aside Goodwill Hunting, um, he co-wrote the screenplay for, uh, ah, shit, the Gus Van Sant uh, oil drilling movie. Promised Land. Promised Land, which, like, isn't a great movie by any stretch, but has such a sharp eye for, like, defining characters and quick beats, great dialogue, um, all that kind of stuff that, like, most other movies miss out on most other even movies that might be better than promised land. Like overall don't have that kind of like attention to detail that Damon's good at and him kind of diving into the past and bringing Affleck back along. And with that cast, very excited. Um, it yeah. looks really interesting to me. Cause it's, it's the reteaming of Damon and Affleck on screen as well. Yeah. So they wrote it. They're both in it. And not Adam seen since whatever the last Kevin Smith movie was. <laughs> and Adam driver's in it. Um, Nicole Holofcener co-wrote it like this. It's got the yeah. goods people. It's got duels. The no, it's got the last duel. There's okay. only one, but it's well, the no, last it one. might be the last one and the ones preceding it. Yeah, that's true. Every duel preceding it plus yes. the last one. Yeah, I would hope. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be hella tight. Um, also on um, October 15th is the new Celine Siama joint. Um, Petite Mama. Hell yeah. Um, I haven't even read a synopsis after Portrait of Lady Anne Fire. It doesn't matter. I yeah. want to see that. Sold. I want to see how petite sense. that my mom is. That's true. How petite was my <laughs> how mom. Petite my oh, shit. I want to call it uh, Only the Animals because director Dominic Mole, uh, 20, over 20 years ago, made a uh, terrific little uh, Hitchcock homage called With a Friend Like Harry that, um, that, that I remember, remember loving in my early college uh, uh, days. Um, and this and Only the Animals seems like another like uh, cool mystery. You know, it's got a... what. Uh, Two depressed farmers, an unfaithful wife, a lovelorn waitress, and an African con artist. 
I think that's what John the Goddard said. You need all you need to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, uh, uh, I haven't really followed his career since then with a friend like Harry was kind of like a, like minor sort of uh bourgeois art house type of hit in th- at the, at the time. I don't know if any of you saw it, no. um, but, uh, it was sort of like the, like, uh, what's the, the one they, I'm it's the kind of thing I'm surprised there wasn't an American remake with a friend like Harry. Cause it was kind of like that, uh, secret in their eyes type of like mm. international movie. That's like super, like just watchable and palatable to uh, American audiences who don't mind subtitles. And, and, uh, that sounds like I'm being demeaning, but it actually, it is a cool little flick. So hopefully only the animals will be in the, along the same lines. Um, also still on the 15th is needle in a time stack, which is a John Ridley time travel movie Yeah, um, with Leslie Odom, Jr. Frida Pinto, Cynthia Revo, and Orlando Bloom. Could be a good, uh, an interesting, uh, uh, story as well. Yeah. Uh, like as I was reading it, I did not expect the last few words. Because um, <laughs> <Sure. laughs> I, I didn't know anything about it, you know, and I, I wasn't really reading anything into the, into the uh, title. But yeah, a devoted husband will stop at nothing to save his marriage after it gets destroyed by a time-traveling rival. Whoa! <laughs> the last three words really throw you. Yep. Um, also on that date is a movie called Luzu, which people predict will be... Um, the country of Malta's first ever Oscar entry. Hmm, um, cool. Fisherman. So shout out to Malta. Um, always be fishing. Always be fishing. Um, there's also on the 15th, a movie called wheel of fortune and fantasy, no relation to the game show. Um, but I know this was, it was a hit on the festival circuit. I always feel like such a douchebag saying that, but it's true. Um, well, the director. Yeah. He's uh, the guy who made, go ahead. I'm going to pull a David and try to pronounce it. Raisuke uh, Hamaguchi. Uh, very, very good director. Um, I can't even I remember. Last, I haven't it? seen any of his stuff, but I know As- Asako 1 and 2. Yeah, Asako uh, 1 and 2 and The Happy Hour. Both are like very precisely observed domestic drama kind of things. And he seems to be getting in some ways more ambitious with each film in different ways. And I'm just, I'm into whatever he's laying down, basically. Are we moving on to the week of the twenty second? Sure. Because we've got we've got a big one. We've got we've got the new uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, film, Dune Part One. Damn! For some reason, I thought this was coming out like Christmas. It got uh, Halloween bounced around a bunch of times. I always get Christmas and Halloween confused. <laughs> um, it's that Nightmare Before Christmas. You keep watching that movie. Yeah, that's it. So that is also coming out same day HBO Max. And so basically, like at at the end of last year, like Warner Brothers announced that all of their 2021 movies would premiere the same day on HBO Max. They didn't tell any of the filmmakers. So 2021 has just been these filmmakers speaking out and being really mad. So like Denis Villeneuve has been like, don't watch this movie on a TV. It's like, what do you say? It's like a speedboat in a bathtub. He is like... (laughs) And so they just, they can't do anything about it. So they're just like, don't see it like this. So don't, don't piss them off. Go to a theater if you feel safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. They're not, the, they're not, they're not, they're not the boss of you. Yeah. But it's just. You don't answer to Denis Villeneuve. Oh, I do. It isn't sign I'm your sorry. paycheck. It's, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, you, you wouldn't think so, but he, uh, he's big in the LA County community college, uh, uh world. 
But it, it's just been this strange public spectacle to me to see these directors like at war with these release plans, basically. Um, listen, I... Dune seems very silly to me. I'm sorry. I will. I might get death threats over this. I just hearing people talk about giant sandworms and spice with a straight face. Like, can we? Yeah, it's I mean, silly, right? Like, can we admit even it's like as silly? nerdy as I was in my adolescence, Dune was like a, a, a bridge, bridge too far. <laughs> it was too much. Like, I, I had friends who were all into the stuff like Dune and Wheel of Time, and like, I, I, I guess anything that turns into a 500 page book, I, I was just like, there's there's too much nerd in here. Like, I would love to be proven wrong. I'm open to it. I'll probably see it. I'll it's just for like, sure see it. It's, it seems, it's a lot and maybe not in a good way. I don't know. Have you guys read it? Any of the, any of it? No, no, I'm, I'm almost completely unfamiliar with, with Dune. I didn't even see the David Lynch film. I saw some. Oh, I've seen the David Lynch film. You know what? Hang on now. Let me, let me think. I may actually have seen it. And the fact okay. that I don't remember is notable. Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Fear yeah. is the Mind Killer. That's got it. Yes. That's All right. The line Thank from you. the movie. Um, yeah, I think I may have seen it, but I have very little memory of it. And I never, I know there was a TV show and I know that there was the, the, the novel, obviously. Um, but my general um, ignorance of it is what makes me excited for this movie. Cause I'm sure that like the, the hardcore Dune nerds might be, really hard on it but for myself like it's Denis Villeneuve and like him doing science fiction has, has worked for me so far and if anyone can sell the silliness of this story it'll be him yeah and there's uh, a yeah. few directors maybe not since early David Fincher that I've done as much of a 180 on as I had on Denis mm. Villeneuve because I didn't like Enemy I didn't like Sicario I didn't like prisoners and then yeah. suddenly i don't know if i changed or he did suddenly i just like love his movies and i'm there for them i think i think he found his genre um because i i did like sicario I, there are things i like about prisoners i i i don't mind enemy um but i think just his very his very like deliberate tone and deliberate pace i think it works really well for the stories that he tells and i will absolutely see this in the theater because yeah, he, the sound design for his movies is always so marvelous. I mean, visually it'll look great as well. I have no doubt, but I really like, like I saw Blade Runner 2049, like at the, I went to the screen, the critic screening at like the Dolby, uh, uh, not the Dolby theater, but like whatever that uh, complex is, whatever that uh, theater is in Burbank. And like, Oh, yeah. I, I felt the sound in my guts and I was like, this is amazing. I love this so much. And so, yeah, Dune, I definitely get a sense that like, it'll be a really fun experience. And I recognize that you don't need to see a movie in the theater to have the experience, but I do think in this case, it will probably benefit. I I'm full gatekeeper. See movies in theaters. They're good for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless there's a global pandemic and your safety feels threatened. Look, you know, you make your own decisions. I'm just saying this, this notion people have these days of like, you can see a movie where it's the same experience. That's clearly untrue. And the people are lying themselves and uh, whatever you got to do, get stuff through the day, I guess. Uh, another movie I'm definitely going to see in the theater is uh, French Dispatch. Yeah. Sure. Two Timothy Chalamet movies on the same day. Look, it was only a matter of time. The guy's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, very excited for this. They bumped this several times, um, but they clearly have high hopes for it. I think it was like kind of sort of a mixed reception at Cannes, but this consensus was basically like, it's very Wes Anderson. So if you like that, you'll like it. And Owen Wilson's back. And like, that's, that's reason enough to be 
especially excited. Owen Wilson and like everyone. Yeah, but like Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson movies, like that's the really good stuff. That's for a me. special sauce. That's like I always like Wes Anderson, but the more I go back to his movies, it's like Owen Wilson is really what kind of sets them in a uh, class on their own. Yeah, man, this cast list goes on forever. I didn't realize Henry Winkler was in it. Oh yeah, it's a through <laughs> the eternal. Um, Willem Dafoe uh, plays Albert the Abacus. Hell yeah, of course he does. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss is an interesting one. Yeah, apparently she's in like a scene and a half or something like I that. I think all of these people are. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm curious about The Harder They Fall, which we weirdly talked about recently in this podcast with uh, with Josh and Johnny. Um, because, uh, again, speaking of uh, a great cast, Jonathan Mazur, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Damon Wayans Jr., uh, Regina King, Idris Elba. Dion Cole is a lot of fun. And they're like, it's like the old West though. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think wait, wasn't, uh, wasn't Johnny Pemberton saying, was he saying this based on a true story? I don't or remember. Based on a novel that he read. I, oh, I can't remember. He <laughs> was very excited about it. No, I can't novels and things that happened. <laughs> well, when it happened to someone else. Yeah. It, okay. So Nat love is a real guy. The, okay. The, okay. the character that, that Jonathan majors is playing was a real guy. I don't know if the story is true, but it's based on a real guy. Uh, you did skip past uh, the end of October, which greets us with the new uh, Edgar Wright film. Uh, Wait, what did I skip? I'm still on the 22nd. Oh, I'm looking at, I must've copied this weird because I'm not getting like the weird, like sneak dates anyway, as you were. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, the 27th. Oh man. Oh no, we're still on. I still, oh, we're still on the twenty second. Yeah, there's a new Jackass movie, for instance. Oh, yes, I forgot that anyone cared. <laughs> hey. I know I'm supposed to be cool to care about Jackass. I, I know think, it's weirdly I, become like a thing that we're all supposed to be into. I I never I have not seen a single Jackass. I mean, Spike Jones is a credited writer on this one. He's been involved with uh, them. Yeah, he's always okay. been involved. Well, yeah, I'm saying, I, there's I, your cinephile cred. I guess I saw the first movie and it's very funny, but I just I don't. Yeah. And yeah, I have no it. doubt that this will also be funny, but at the same time, and, and, you know, in watching the the trailer, there does seem to be an element of them sort of acknowledging being older and, and that sort of thing. But at the same time, like, yeah, all right, fine. It's, I've never been as into this as some people. Of course you laugh, but at the same time, you know, whatever, like, I, I don't have much time these days and I don't think I'm going to spend that time watching Jackass forever. It's also somewhat marred because I think, is it Steve-O? I think one of them is like suing all of the jackass guys for like emotional distress. Oh, damn. So, woof. Um, less traumatizing. Um, you have a Disney animation movie on the 22nd called Ron's Gone Wrong. Um, Sorry, how's that? <laughs> the Rural Juror. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's called Ron's Gone Wrong. It's apparently <laughs> um, something about like, I don't know. I don't know about some of these animation movies that like are about like modern technology. I feel like can be really like uncomfortable because they're just trying to like make a point about like, "Mm, we're all attached to our phones. And it's like, can we just go back to mermaids? Like, please, I'm begging you my kingdom for a mermaid, please. Um, You mean the movie with Cher? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Let's go back to that. I want all animated remakes of mermaids. Um, so, but yeah. Um, okay. So can we move on to the 27th? Yes. Because when I was looking at this list, I had this like bit of like cognitive dissonance because 
because the pandemic lasted for and it's continuing, but it's been 25 years. So a movie from Sundance 2020 passing that I would have sworn came out because I remember it being at Sundance, I remember it being like a, a buzzy movie at, uh, at Sundance. And I guess I heard so much about it that I just like, if you, I, I would have sworn on a Bible, like, yeah, that movie, that movie came out. Yeah. Uh, already. Like that. It's hard to say, but this one Netflix really believes in, cause you got that two week gap. So yeah. that's theatrical on um, October 27th and then streaming on November 10th. Yeah. So it's an adaptation of a novel novella from the 1920s by Nella Larson about a black woman passing as white. Um, it's the directorial debut of Rebecca Hall. Now you may be wondering is that a little weird? Is what is her place to tell that story? The producers were wondering that as well. Turns out Rebecca Hall, half black. Hmm. Um, she has a light skinned black mother. So she, she's like, I, I did connect very deeply to the story hmm. because of my mother's experience and my experience. Um, cast is amazing. Tessa Thompson, Ruth Nega, um, Andre Holland, Bill Camp, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, she filmed in black and white, like, Everything sounds great. I have no notes. I am yeah. extremely excited. I mean, in any, uh, you know, melodrama set in the past about uh, uncertain feelings and missed opportunities and stuff like that, uh, I'm always in for. And I like the novel a lot, so I'm super excited. Uh, on the 20 seconds, speaking of movies, I like feel like I heard about forever ago. I, I watched a Comic-Con at Home panel in July 2020 about antlers. Right, yeah. yeah. That got <laughs> um, a bunch. Yeah, and that's the new Scott Cooper movie. But it's a it's a Guillermo del Toro uh, production, but it's a yeah a Scott Cooper movie that's a like sort of horror, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's probably elevated horror. Oh yeah, God, right. yeah. Um, but it has Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons, who yeah. are yeah. very good I and mean, make good choices. And Amy Madigan. But, and Rory Cochran and like half of those people were in Hostels and that movie was not good. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hostels had a, has an amazing cast, um, but I just I, I just don't trust Scott Cooper. Um, my my really quick Scott Cooper story, which hopefully I haven't mentioned before, but my old boss. That's OK. We tell the same story all the time. Okay. On the <laughs> my old boss um, accidentally invited him, the director, Scott Cooper, to her child's birthday party because her husband's name is Scott and she thought she was emailing a different one. And he was like, um, I, cause they, she had like done publicity for his movie like a million years ago. So like, he's like, I'm flattered, but I don't think I can make it. He was like really nice about it. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's so, very funny. Invite him to your child's birthday party. He'll be nice about it. Um, it's set in Oregon though. That may be of some note. Yeah, it's small town Oregon. They're all crazy out there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have dri I have driven multiple times through Eastern Oregon. There's, oh, that's a fire. You know, I mean, it's uh, there's uh, it's, it's pretty and everything, but I mean, there's nothing there for a long stretch of. I mean, there's a reason time. there's a town literally called Boring Oregon. You know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's rough out there. Uh, uh, but yeah, I've I've driven to. Um, to Boise, Idaho and back from Los Angeles a, a, a couple of times. And there's that, that stretch where it's like, um, you have to remind yourself to like fill up or like get a coffee or something because yeah. there's not going to be anything for the next few hours. Yep. 
Um, also on the 29th, rather inexplicably, there is a German prequel to Army of the Dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm re- man, I'm intrigued, but not in a good way. Uh, because I don't be a word for that. A German word, perhaps. (laughs) Uh, I don't like, uh, army of the dead, but my favorite part of it is that German character. And so it's a prequel featuring that character directed by the actor. And so I was like, all right, so it's in the war. It's in the universe of a movie. I pretty much hate. Um, but it's not the same guy that made it, but it's still probably for consistency's sake, it's probably still going to be made sort of in that style, trying to sort of be that Zack Snyder kind of thing. Uh, so I'm not holding out a great deal of hope for it. I think it's arguable whether or not I will see it at all. But uh, but it caught my attention. The fact that he directed it himself is like, what? This is all very strange. This is a film that I have to assume no one was asking for. Uh, and then it's coming out so and soon. And it's coming out so soon. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. 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 Zack Snyder is one of those guys who like, you watch his movies and you kind of think his style is kind of generic, but not until you see the Zack Snyder ripoffs do you realize oh, sure. how actually sharp Zack Snyder is. <laughs> um, but it'll be on Netflix, so won't cost you anything. Game of Thrones, Natalie Emmanuel is in it. From Game of Thrones. And the <laughs> Four Weddings and a Funeral miniseries on Hulu. Oh, all right. Are you her hype man? Nat- what is it? <laughs> Natalie Emmanuel. <laughs> <Entering> the club. <laughs> Natalie Emanuel. Um, also on the 29th is something I'm sure that is generating a lot of excitement. Delayed many times. Hopefully this time is for real. Last night in Soho. I'm, ve- I'm very excited for narrative it. Narrative Edgar Wright joint. Yeah, I, I mean, also obviously excited for any new Edgar Wright movie. Um, obviously at this point excited for any new Anya Taylor joint movie, but increasingly excited for any new Thomas and McKenzie movie. Oh, yeah. Um, who uh, David and I both, I'm sure, loved and old. Um, yeah, yeah. She really is. I, I loved her in, oh God, the movie with the camping. And Leave the, No Trace. Leave No Trace. Uh, yeah. Obviously great in that, but it, it's one of those kind of movies where it's a certain acting style and you never know if like that kind of naturalism is going to translate to a full career, but it, you know, increasingly she's becoming a very reliable presence on screen. Yeah. And I'm noticing now, so it's set, it's sort of like a loose, like, psychological thriller time travel thing involving like swinging 60s London. And I'm noticing there's a lot of other people in the cast who were like literally from swinging 60s London. Yeah. um, um, Diana Rigg and Terrence Stamp. Yeah, Terrence Stamp. I I talked over you. Uh, The late Diana Rigg, uh, uh, sadly. Um, So that's kind of cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for it because it's just like, I'm always excited when a director who's associated with one with, with one thing specifically, which is like sort of comedy action taking and having such a strong visual style and such a strong editing style. And it's like, Oh, taking that and shifting it to a thriller. Uh, I, well, he already did an action I'm, movie too with baby driver. You no, know, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. I, it was it's still, still comic, it, and it was still kind of yeah. feel, yeah. felt like an extension of his thing. This feels like a real departure in a real interesting True. way. Yeah, and and the idea of taking those talents and applying them to something that is meant to like really grip you and hold you and get you wondering about what's going to happen next, instead of like 
the the quick cutting and almost immediate payoffs. And I don't say that in a bad way uh, of his of his comedies. I'm really I'm very, very, very excited. Um, and then finally, on that date, if that seems too stressful and you just want to see Michael Shannon as a gruff rowing coach, <laughs> you can see Swing. You sure can. It's good to have options, you know, it's good to have options. So on to into, into November. Mm-hmm. Into November. This is November 5th. Um, we have something we've talked about before under a different title. Um, previously, oh. it was called BIOS. Now it is called Finch. Um, previously it was, I believe, Sony. Now it is Apple TV plus where everything goes to die. Um, this is the movie that I said was conceived in a lab to destroy me emotionally. Um, it is Tom Hanks is dying of a disease. It's in a dystopian future and he has to program a robot to care for his dog when he dies. I feel extremely attacked. This was a hit job on me and I don't even know if I could sit through it, but, um, there's that. I mean, Hanks is so like, it's, it's, I know we don't need to sit around singing the praise of Tom Hanks, but he really genuinely to me is getting better as an actor, like through the years. Oh, I don't doubt that. I just, no, feel I, like I, it just would... I feel like it's worth mentioning, you know, oh, yeah. it's easy to take Tom Hanks for granted. I'm just saying like, it's rare for a guy to get this, this point in his career and oh, still yeah. trying to like push it. Not in oh, this yeah. house. News of the world, killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then also on this date, we have another Marvel movie for now. So the, the, the industry goss with this one is that if it's called Eternals, by the way, it is called Eternals. If they're saying now that if Shang-Chi doesn't do well, they're going to bump Eternals, which seems a little backwards to me. I mean, that's the order they're coming out in, but it does. It's also like Eternals seems like it maybe has a broader appeal. It just seems like a very precarious, um, way to set it up. Um, but for now, Eternals is coming out on that date. It's directed by Chloe Zhao. Um, huge ensemble cast, um, which includes perhaps most notably Angelina Jolie. Um, and oh, and who could forget Jacked Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, I was Very like, like, when you said most notably, my mind went to like, this is Kumail Nanjiani. This is the movie that he got yeah. uh, ripped for. Yeah. Um, so might come out that day. Who knows? Uh, well, I'm um, two of my Stan hoods collide here. Pablo Lorraine and Kristen Stewart working, oh, yeah. working together uh, for, for Spencer um, in which Kristen Stewart plays uh, the late princess Diana of, of Wales. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm very excited for this because they're basically, they basically said Jackie, but make it British. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, what it, that's what it seems like. Perfect. Same, Great. Same, same guy. Um, yeah. I'm very much, very much looking forward uh to that yeah me too very much yeah because so. it's it's a similar like setup to like it's not like a life-spanning biopic it's like a few days in her life as her marriage is falling apart um and i'm like listen maybe it will be really similar to jackie but again that is not a problem jackie's yeah. great do it again do it 10 more times yeah but it's just, I mean, ta- speaking of like volcano dante speak situations we've got the crown telling yeah. the Diana story at the, at the same time. Um, I guess it's just, it's in my head because like people are talking about Spencer now. Cause like the new, like there was like a new one sheet or something, but also well, like the trailer today. Oh, the trailer. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the trailer came out, but also like, it's like Emmy season. So people are talking about Emma Corbin. Is that her name? Corin. Corin. Um, I just, I'm just getting all these different, like uh land of a thousand Diana's. 
Well, not only oh, that, yeah. but they're about to switch over Diana's on the crown. It's about to be Elizabeth. Elizabeth Debicki. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Wait, is the prior Diana also extremely tall? Um, probably not Elizabeth Debicki tall. I would I would think that would be a tough match. So we're we're digging some trenches. We're doing the <laughs> yeah. old uh, Tom yeah. Cruise Nicole Kidman probably. Um, I, I do feel like, probably, going, like the Bickies on set just <laughs> <laughs> guys out there with shovels. Um, I do think that uh, if, if Jackie is any indication and what with the crown out there, I feel like there's going to be a lot of very disappointed viewers of Spencer. Uh, I think they're going to go in expecting a very specific thing. Um, although maybe they'll, because people still associate Kristen, uh, Kristen Stewart with, um, Twilight, they might go in with their guard up or they might not see it at all, but does those anybody, that do. Like, does anyone cool still associate her with that though? Like, no, no but there are, not. there are, but there are a lot of immature people. dudes yeah. who still, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like there are still people I, I encountered someone even after the, even after the trailer for the Batman came out, there are still people that uh, are upset that, uh, Oh, the, the sparkly vampire from twilight is playing oh, that's Batman. True. Like, my you know, people are, yeah, it was so to, long ago. Really tried to explain Cosmopolis to my sister over the phone. Oh, and I, I was know. like, forget it. It's hard to do. Did these people not see the Rover. <laughs> they not see Bellamy. <laughs> no, they did see that, but the rover was just a little too obscure for them. Okay. Um, my sister did somewhat take my point when I was like, how would you feel if everyone judged you by the first job you ever had? She's like, well, yeah. Hey, he wasn't Harry Potter before that. He was in Harry That's Potter true. and the Goblet of Fire. True. Uh, all right. Also on the fifth new, uh, new Jim Cummings joint. Yeah. Another Emerson alum who I knew at the time and, he had a distinct energy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I um, really dug uh, um, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, and I never saw the full length Thunder Road. I've watched the short yeah. many times. It's like one of my like, you know, sometimes you like, you need a good cry. And you know, there are things sure. you like. This thing's 11 minutes. I know I'm gonna, it's going to like be cathartic. If I have even less time than that i'll listen to the miley cyrus song about her dead blowfish that'll get like i could that, that's a four minutes to four minutes to tears as opposed to 11 but uh, uh way to brag about how you need to force yourself to cry <laughs> 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 wow real humble bragging over here <laughs> such privilege i do also like as a band name four minutes to tears i think yes. that's, <laughs> that's a good one um I, oh i guess the, his the new Jim Cummings movie, The Beta Test, is co-written by P.J. McCabe, who was also someone I knew at college. Yeah. They're cranking yeah, out I know him. Really? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. good friends with him. There we go. We're, we're so Hollywood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. We did, yeah. You, you said, I'm glad you said the name because I hadn't said The Beta Test. Yes. Should um, we go on to the 11th? Yes. Yeah. Um, got a new Ghostbusters. Back I to a boy Ghostbusters. almost fell asleep reading this premise. Um, and then, but... But it has Paul Rudd in it. This is my this is I mean, my great the greater sell for me is it has Carrie Coon in it. But even so, sure. good gosh, it has Paul Rudd playing someone named Mister Gruberson. <laughs> that makes me more tired than the synopsis. I'm already like yeah. Early uh, early reviews have been positive. Uh, I'll, I'll see. I mean, it, but, partially I mean, the people like, who have seen it 
this early have been handpicked. That's probably <laughs> to, true. Yeah, yes. To, yes. To, to give positive yeah. reviews. But, but not, I like, I guess I like it's not, it's not just boy. Cause it's like Carrie Coon is a single mom and she's a little mm. kid. And I think like they're ghostbusters. And then maybe Paul Rudd is also a ghostbuster, but then they brought some back some of the original ones. Yeah. yeah okay. But here's my, here's the thing. I, cause I was trying to avoid, cause it sounds so fucking stupid, but I was trying to, but they, I saw the trailer before old. And I feel like, did people forget that the thing we like about Ghostbusters is that it's a comedy? Probably. Yes. This is what like blows my mind. This feels like fucking like another, like it, it was like eight millimeter or not eight millimeter, super eight. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like eight millimeter would be a different, definite, like a, an, uh, as a, as a nice. reference point, I would appreciate that. No, it's like, like super eight or stranger things or whatever. It just feels like this, like, sweeping like warm nostalgia thing and it's like no we like the ghostbusters because it's like bill murray wisecracking and and, and dan Aykroyd and, and harold ramus being like weirdos and yeah and, and all yeah. that stuff i is it is this movie not going to be funny i mean, I mean it's, it's just it's, raymond so yeah you know, that answers your question to me <laughs> it seems like they'll at least give paul rudd a couple jokes i mean the, yeah i mean what david's saying like points to the whole problem is like yeah. the original movie works because they're all taking the piss out of it at every turn yeah yeah and yes. it's like remember how important ghostbusters was <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah that's the thing like it's the, ghostbusters was yeah it's an effects movie and everything but it's still like a vehicle a showcase for specific comedic personalities that already like existed and had been, had been worked on and uh i i don't know like Everyone likes Paul Rudd, obviously, but I don't know that this is going to be Paul Rudd, you know, unleashed. Well, yeah. I let me dream. <laughs> and, but it seems to be making the mistake that all these legacy sequels make of like playing to the 30 people who really care about this. Yeah. Whereas everyone else doesn't give a shit. They just want to see a fun movie. Yeah. yeah well, I, I'm, it's but, like that. Uh, oh, go ahead. You know, I mean, that was the ethos of the 2016 one with women. And then it, everyone got furious. Yeah. Like I said, people want to see a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. That movie wasn't very funny. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. That's which is unfortunate because they had a great cast. But yeah, I'm I'm it's a weird person to uh, quote. But I remember that quote from Chinatown where John Houston says, like, uh, politicians, ugly building and whores all get respectable if they last long enough. <laughs> it's like yeah. the, the first Ghostbusters was never meant to be spoken of with this with yeah. this tone of voice uh, but it lasted long enough and now we we want to like well, well we want to honor the original ghostbusters like you know what you should the best way to honor it is to not use the word honor in any capacity in association with it just like have it be silly and as you said like just constantly deflating the the drama yeah yeah or just don't do it or don't do or it that. that's an option absolutely yeah. So we might not be rushing out to see Ghostbusters, but on November 12th, you can rush out to see the latest Kenneth Branagh movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Belfast. It is a semi-autobiographical black and white coming of age 1960s movie with a great cast. Um, you have Judy Dench, Jamie Dorn. Yeah, it has a... I mean, it has a great cast. It also has a very hot cast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Dornan and, and Katrina Bell. Yeah. Uh, um, and I imagine there are people... For whom Kieran Hines is their thing, I get that, right? He's got sure, a yes, there very much is absolutely sturdy man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Katrina, Katrina, Katrina Balfe. 
and Kenneth Branagh. That's a great pairing. Yeah. I mean, you got to respect Branagh cashing in that uh, murder in the express money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Belfast. Okay. Um, what else? Anything also, else on the 12th, list? you have a new Home Alone movie for some reason. No. I did not know this was coming um, out. That's Wait, directly yeah. to Disney+. This Plus. is the first I'm seeing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's directly to Disney+. Plus, So, you know, Disney doesn't oh, really want you to notice right. either. Um, but it has Ellie Kemper, Rob Delaney, and Archie Yates, who is the, um, the sidekick from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, that's oh, right. and probably um, the best part of it. That's right. I had heard that he was going to be in a Home Alone movie. I didn't realize it was going to be released with such little fanfare as this. Well, they got that Fox library and they're churning through it. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but they don't need, I mean, when, it's, when it's on like a Disney Plus or whatever, there's probably plenty of fanfare for their target sure. audience on Disney yeah. Plus. Like we're that's just right. not seeing it because we're not on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, also on Still the 12th, you have a new Eleanor Coppola movie um, starring Rosanna Arquette um, about relationships. Um, I mean, props to Eleanor Coppola for making two movies in her 70s or however old she is for the first yeah. time. Um, and I, I enjoyed, uh, what the hell is it? Something to Paris? Yeah. I really liked it too. But Paris I also can wait? Think, Paris can wait. Paris can wait, yes. Um yeah, I like that movie a lot as as, as well. So, um, and I like Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, Marshall sure. Bell, Battleship Retention favorite character actor, Marshall <laughs> Bell, is in this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Um, Wait, Kathy Baker. I like Kathy Baker too. Yeah. A lot of great character actors here. Um, on a slightly bigger budget, also on this day on Netflix, um, is Red Notice, which it has maybe been surpassed, but I think at, for a brief period of time was the most expensive Netflix movie ever made. Um, and that is largely because it stars um, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and The Rock. Um, That'll kick your budget up. Yep. And it's just some kind of globetrotting action comedy extravaganza. Could be fun. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like all those actors. I know they kind of get a, yeah. a bad rap these days. Um, not, not that I don't understand why they get a bad rap, but I, every time I see them, I enjoy watching who's, them. Who's giving them a bad rap? Well, they, they just feel like they may have fallen. Well, okay, so there's two different things. One, they feel like The Rock and Ryan Reynolds kind of fall into a familiar stick of like vaguely wisecracking and like not really getting much more than surface level. I still think they're really good at performing the surface level, so I'm on board. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a, that to me, like if you want something other than that there are other actors yeah. who do other things that that's yeah. like what that's what ryan reynolds and the rock are for yeah yeah uh the rap against gal to Godot is that she just can't act um and somebody there's also a lot of political stuff with with gal Godot yeah. and like uh, well, in israel and stuff leaving even that aside uh somebody mentioned that they feel like gal Godot is always doing a skit in spanish class and now i can't unsee that <laughs> um i do kind of get that vibe from her a lot um but I, you know, I, I don't dislike her either. So, you know. yeah, I think she's really well cast as Wonder Woman. I think that character yeah. is supposed to be like kind of naive and confused and big hearted. And I think it works. Yeah. Um, how far her talents apply outside of that? Sure. I don't know. We'll see. Um, also on that day on Netflix and then or sorry, out in theaters and then on Netflix a week later. So medium faith um, is tick, tick, dot, 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 boom. Um, which is based on a Jonathan Larson play, more famously the author of Rent. Um, believe it or not, for how ubiquitous he is, this is actually the directorial debut of Lin-Manuel Miranda. 
Um, when would he have time? When, when would he have had time before? I, yeah. <laughs> um, and everything. But yeah, it's an autobiographical musical that he wrote. Um, so he directed it. It stars Andrew Garfield, Alexander Shipp, Vanessa Hudgens, Bradley Whitford. Um, Bradley Whitford plays Stephen Sondheim. Okay. Um, Judith Light. Um, it's probably going to be like super navel gazing and like Broadway E in New York E, and I don't care. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this. Um... This little period, because in between Fridays, between the 12th and the 19th, is weird. There's some weird stuff here, like the uh, 4K restoration of The Outsiders. Yeah. Which I'm excited for, but also um, a movie directed by Holly Berry. Yeah. At Netflix bought for a whole boat of money. We have meeting okay. confidence on that one. We got the one-week gap. Okay. Um, she, yeah, she directed it and stars as an MMA fighter. Um, oh, she's not a, a skilled assassin, or is uh, she also a skilled assassin? Believe it or not, no. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, those are the two types of Netflix protagonists. Um, but yeah, no, she uh, plays an MMA fighter, and apparently it was this whole thing of like she got the script and it was originally written for like a much younger white woman, and she's like, "But what if I did it?" And I think it landed pretty well on the festival circuit last year. Um, so, yeah. props to Halle Berry then. Yeah. yeah, good for her. And then the movie the Netflix has more confidence in because <laughs> it's the two week window two week, um, yeah. is the new Jane Campion, uh, The Power of the Dog, uh, with a hell of a cast Benedict oh, Cumberbatch, yeah. Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, Francis Conroy, Keith Carradine, and again, the great Thomas and McKenzie. Yeah, I am, uh, as are we all. You throw Grace Van Patten in there and you got everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's based on a novel from the 60s. It's kind of like a like a farm melodrama. What is it? A farm or ranch? A ranch. Okay. All of it speaking my ranch language. Ranch melodrama. I um, do. Uh, it feels like, though, we're, we're in a situation where Benedict Cumberbatch is going to have to do uh, like a rural American accent, accent which yeah, might not that, be great. That is the one potential well, downside. All he has to do is just... Do what he did in the Mauritanian, then just halfway. Just click it back halfway. <laughs> Am I the only one who saw the Mauritanian? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah go. He is completely submerged in that accent. It is, it is, it's <laughs> what big. accent is it? It's like Louisiana, like like Southern, like uh, okay. Cajun Southern. Well, like a ranch. That could be like that could be wherever. That could be like Midwest. I don't sure. know. Yeah. Yeah. He could he could get away with not having to do something too outrageous. Okay. Um, but yeah, that has a major like birth in the fall festivals. Like people yeah. are, I'm looking forward to it. Seems like it's going to be pretty tight. Um, speaking uh, of festival favorites on the 19th, bad luck banging or loony porn. Yeah. That's all one title, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> always, I'm, exci I'm excited about that. Yeah. Always excited for the new Redu Judah movie. Um, he did a movie a couple of years ago called, um, uh, oh shit. I'm we will doing, not go down. Yeah, we'll not go down history as barbarians. Um, what's funny? No, what's funny it, with the title like Bad Luck, that. with a, with a with a title like Bad Luck Banging or Boone, or Looney Porn, if his previous film had been called Oh Shit, that's surprised. We do not care if we go down history as barbarians. Um, it's an incredible movie. I think the best kind of portrait of like Trump era politics that world cinema produced, um, and very much investigating like 
the rise of authoritarianism worldwide, but in a very funny and very strange way. Um, so, and I, I liked his movie before that, Afrim. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for anything he does. This yeah, this, um, I think it won um, like the jury, the main award at Berlin. Um, and it's about a teacher's sex tape being leaked. Um, interestingly, it is, it was filmed during the pandemic and they like, it, it's like set during the pandemic, but that is like weirdly like a back burner plot point. But like people are wearing masks and stuff. So it's interesting. This is like, how you do it. I know. Yeah, I'm saying like, I feel like you don't see, you haven't seen that much of like, oh, like entertainment made yeah. the pandemic is kind of in the background. Because it's like, you know, other things happen. That's how we it is for it. most of our lives. We've yeah. put on masks and gotten groceries and made dinner and, you know, try to make the best of it. Yeah. Um, also in the 19th, you have King Richard. Um, so this is a Warner Brothers movie. So also same day HBO Max. Um, this is about Venus and Serena Williams' uh, dad, who basically like coached them to greatness. And I think they're positing it as kind of like a, you know, like upbeat, like sports story, defeating the odds. My question is this, in our current cultural moment of how we're evaluate, like reevaluating like the mental health of athletes and pushing them too far. Yeah. Um, is a movie about a man who decided his daughters would be um, sports phenoms before they were born and started them in, in lessons at age four and a half yeah, going to land. It, it seems like a tricky balance to strike. And I can't see any sign that they're trying to. Yeah. I well, mean, they got I mean, the honestly, Joe Bell. maybe they even before this. Or they've obviously thought this through. A study in nuance, but it's like, you know, especially because there's another one that I've been wondering about. So um, fan fave Thomas and McKenzie, she's attached to star in a biopic of Carrie Strug that was announced for development like a year ago. And it's again, it's an uplifting kind of raw, raw, we did it about how she like, you know, conquered her demons and like won the gold medal. But now we're reevaluating that and being like her coach should not have made her do that final routine. She was injured like that was the wrong thing to do. So I'm wondering about that movie too. And just all these raw, raw sports stories. It's like, okay, well, obviously it wouldn't have been as good a movie, but should we really be celebrating that how much these people were pushed? But I think it would be as good a movie if they got that nuance. Well, that's true. If they address that, but they're not, I don't think they are. Right, right. I think they're making them into heroes. And it's like, he did overcome a lot of odds and he like coached them himself and, Sure, but he literally, no, it was, he wanted them to be tennis stars before they were born. He chose tennis and it's like, yeah. okay, congrats to you, I guess. But there was also um, accusations of colorism because the real um, Richard Williams is much darker skinned than Will Smith. Hmm. Um, so the movie got delayed and that kind of disappeared, but it might rear its head again. So we'll see. Um, also on um, the 19th is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. At long last. I'm, I'm disproportionately excited for this movie. One, because I don't like Top Gun. Two, because I really don't like Joe Kaczynski. But, you know, I do love Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Ed Harris, John Hamm, um, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, I liked the Joseph Kaczynski. Oblivion. I liked Oblivion. Really? Yeah. I, li I liked, uh, I thought Oblivion was cool. It has um, some good stuff in it. I, I think Oblivion just got off to the wrong foot with me because it did that whole opening voiceover thing that then they repeat the voiceover like 20 minutes later, like, oh, they clearly added this voiceover at the beginning because they're worried people could be confused by the first 20 minutes. Uh, I don't remember that, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I remember liking that. 
Oh, and Glenn and, Powell's in it, who I think I remember he auditioned for a different role, didn't get it, but then they loved him so much and were so blinded by his handsomeness, <laughs> they made a role for him. Yeah. Do you I know? Mean, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, you, you don't see enough movies anymore with Valcom or, or Ed Harris, let alone both of them. So, you know, that's also enough for me. Um, speaking of things I learned from the 2020 Comic-Con at home. So before it became Ford versus Ferrari, the same screenplay was called Go Like Hell. And mm-hmm. it's going to be directed okay. by Joseph Kaczynski with Tom Cruise in the Christian Bale role and Brad Pitt in the other role. Mm-hmm. I, as someone who didn't really like Ford versus Ferrari myself, I kind of like more than that. That seems like that would have been a cool movie. And also just like Tom yeah. Cruise doing something other than like an action franchise would be very cool because he hasn't done it so long. It feels like. I know. I feel like he's trying to destroy himself to a point where he can't do an action movie and then he'll do a drama again. <laughs> Interesting long game. Like, also, go, like also go like hell is a better title than for, well, for that for art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also on the 19th, you have mothering Sunday, um, which is like a sexy British melodrama. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, that was, on board. That was the right tone of that reaction. Um, <laughs> got a great cast. Odessa Young, Josh O'Connor, um, Glenda Jackson, Olivia Coleman, Colin Firth. Um, just kind of like a, you know, Downton Abbey type thing, but sexy. Um, it's based on a, a novel. Um, yeah. Uh, what are we moving on to now? Because these dates start getting weird with the like uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I guess whatever tickles your fancy. I mean, obviously, the documentary about Kevin Smith, whose life has never been chronicled on film before, and <laughs> we don't really know that much about. So it, it'll be interesting to see what we can uncover about him. Yeah, it's going straight um, to POD, November twenty third. Ridley uh, Scott won't stop putting movies out. Yeah. He yeah. refuses. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. trying to stop him. <laughs> yeah, we've asked nicely. I mean, he, he what? He reshot half his movie <laughs> like two weeks before it came out. So no, yeah. he's not stopping. Um, but yes, this is November 24th, House of Gucci. And also another Ridley Scott Adam Driver movie for that matter. Yep. Um, you also have Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, <laughs> Salma Hayek, um, Jack Houston, Jeremy Irons, Sophia Loren. Um, yeah. But yeah, Hell yeah, I want to see like a murder saga about yeah. a fashion family. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The thing, the thing yeah. is like at this point, I, will, like, I didn't know that Ridley Scott directed The Last Duel. I'm less interested in it now. Uh, I did not know that he was directing House of Gucci. I'm less interested now. And, that's, and that sounds mean. I, he's a perfectly capable director, but that's usually it. Uh, and almost invariably, I find myself when I hear about these, it's like, okay, so it's going to be probably functional and undoubtedly somebody else could have done more with it. And I, yeah, feel, I feel like, like- I feel like House of Gucci is going to feel a lot like all the money in the world, uh, which is a which was a functional movie. And I was interested, but undoubtedly uh, another director probably could have done more with it in my opinion but i see i really liked all the money in the world and I, if anything i'm more interested in ridley scott these days than i certainly have ever been before um mm-hmm. i think as with a lot of older directors he's getting more instinctive and less uh commercially reliant 
And like all the money in the world, I mean, the biggest problem with that is it's sold as a thriller, which isn't. It's really like, it's right, almost right. like a Visconti movie studying power and it, the way uh, it corrupts people and the way it insulates them from any effects of the outside world. Um, so pretty much whatever he's doing now is at least it, it much more interesting to me than anything he was doing 10, 15, 20 years ago. It might just be that I hate Alien Covenant so much. Um, yeah, I didn't that, love it, but it was... It was. It, it wasn't as good as Prometheus, but it, it had some interesting stuff in it. It's well. That's the, yeah. I mean, he definitely was interested in like the the android stuff, and that really comes through. Yeah. I guess the thing that could that could best be said about him is that like he's a pretty good actor's director, and with a cast like this and a premise like this, I feel like you're. It's gonna. It's probably gonna be pretty uh, engaging, and so at the very least, like. I don't think he's going to get in the way of that, but I just try to, I guess just the nature of, of how tabloidy it could be. Like, I, I almost feel like I, I would prefer a director. And of course I, I haven't seen the film. Maybe it's a, a astonishing and maybe he does some really interesting flourishes. Part of me just wants somebody who's just going to lean totally into the, the melodrama and soap opera of it all. Um, as opposed to, I feel like just kind of standing back and just observing it. But that's just me. We shall see. Um, also on the 24th is Encanto, which is an animated Disney movie. I was confused when I saw this because I was like, wait, didn't the Spanish titled animated movie with music by Lin-Manuel Miranda already come out? <laughs> There's two. That was Vivo. <laughs> um, this is Encanto. And they are, I guess, different. Um so there's that. Also on the 24th is National Champions, which is about um, a f- college football player's strike to get fair compensation. Um, there's also a Resident Evil movie that weekend. With a very surprising subtitle. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, it is a prequel, I believe. Um, no one's going to say Welcome to Raccoon City? No, we'll just let people uh, okay. look it up. Yes. Look up for <laughs> Um, is this the first one not uh, directed by Paul W. Sanderson? Could be. I'm not really a Resident Evil historian. It's a departure. Yeah. I mean, I I saw the first one and didn't like it, so I didn't see any of the others, but, you know. I've seen zero of them. Yeah. Okay. It just I've seen it, two, as long like as you can count. Many major franchises we have, there are very few that one filmmaker sticks with for more than two or three movies. And so the fact that he made like seven of them or whatever is like still interesting to me, even if I am, you know, actually engaged with them. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's like a spinoff prequel and like all new cast and new everything. So maybe if he's the secret sauce, then who knows? Um, also on the 24th, you have the unforgivable, which um, mm-hmm. maximum confidence level two week gap. Um, this is a remake of a BBC series about a woman being released from prison for a violent crime and having to kind of make a run amends. Um, that woman is played by Sandra Bullock. Um, there's also John Bernthal, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, Viola Davis. Um, clearly they see something in this, could be interesting. Um, Getting into December? Uh, well, no, on the 25th, you have on HBO Max, direct to HBO Max, you have 8-Bit Christmas which is about a quest to buy a Nintendo in the eighties. It's like a sure family holiday movie with Neil Patrick Harris. It's directed by Michael Dowse, who has made funny movies. Like it's all gone Pete Tong and goon. 
and then he's made a bunch of stuff that I didn't see and didn't hear great things about, like Stuber and Coffee and Kareem. So I don't know uh, if we can trust Michael Doubts uh, or not. As Steve's on, though, we can always trust Steve's on. Yeah, I like him. Um, and then, yeah, I think into December. Paul Verhoeven, baby. Yep. So that is um, December 3rd. That is Benedetta. Pumped. Yeah. Um, it's about a lesbian nun in the 17th century. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's that is right up David Daly yeah. on every level. <laughs> well, and, and the thing like when it premiered at Cannes, like, you know, the peanut gallery was all like, oh, older man making a movie about lesbians. But it is based on a nonfiction book by a woman about things that did actually happen. Um, you know, I, I think people are kind of overly reactionary about that kind of stuff. And you got Charlotte Rampling in there, Limber Wilson, solid French cast all around. And uh, yeah, Lambert Wilson, the the Merovingian himself. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was oh. his character in the Matrix sequel. Yeah. I need to rewatch those. I haven't seen this since they came out. Oh. Um, and then yeah, also, I don't think I've watched uh, the third Matrix since I saw it in the theater. Um, Are they remaking Wolf? It looks like it's it looks like it's a a drama about uh, the. I don't know. It's it it looks it looks interesting. It appears to be like a historical film about uh, the mistreatment of of uh you know mental patients and and that sort of thing but it's uh i'm intrigued looking at this uh looking at this i mean it's it's a focus movie so clearly it has some kind of sure pedigree and uh i I know lily rose depp gets a bad rap for like uh you know family reasons but i I really like her as actress i loved her in planetarium um so definitely into Whatever. And I've liked I've liked George McCain what I've seen him in and this yeah, could absolutely. be looking at this it definitely feels like oh th- this could be like his push right like a, like a guy who believes he's a wolf and is having to like deal with people who don't understand uh which admittedly is probably most people um like uh, yeah that that could be like especially after 1917 like could be his push for a, an Oscar nomination There was a guy in my high school who thought he was a werewolf swear to god Wait, someone I know. No, never met him. Okay. Weird dude. That's a shame. I you brilliant in math. You don't say. Sure. <laughs> um, also on uh, December third is an animated documentary called Flea, which has been a huge hit on the festival circuit. It's about um, a refugee who has been hiding his homosexuality for twenty years, um, and I think they like interviewed the guy, but then like to keep him um, anonymous, like made it animated. And then like, I I know that doesn't sound super interesting, but people love this movie and like neon picked it up and it seems really cool. Um, So. I just can't wait for Nightmare Alley. Yeah. yeah. So that is the new Guillermo del Toro also on the third. Um, So it's a, well, it's a remake of the 1947 movie, but then also based on a novel. It's about messed up carnies. And, and let, let's just let's just take a moment for this cast. Bradley oh, yeah. Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Randy Mara, um, Ron Perlman, David Stratham. Like, you know. I'm getting a lot of Dude. Dafoe this season. I'm into it. Yeah. And you skipped Holt McElhaney. 
Oh uh, yeah. McCallany, I think. McCallany, okay. But uh known to Mindhunter fans, right? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was on um, Mindhunter. Uh, so originally, instead of Bradley Cooper, it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't want to dwell too much on what could have been. I'm still very happy with this cast. Um, but Bradley Cooper, I think, is like a forever underrated actor. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, like I, I think he's really undervalued. I still think like he should have won for Star is Born. I think his performance there was amazing. I, and I agree completely. Like, um, like, constantly willing to undercut his whole like Bradley Cooperness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was never a part of Joy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You never, you never know what he's going to do. Like it's no, because he, because he's like a good looking guy. I think we all uh, sort of just naturally assume that there's going to be a certain blandness to his performances. But if you look like American hustle and well, basically every performance that we've seen him in, it's like, no, this is a guy who takes risks as an actor. And yeah, like DiCaprio is great. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like this is a step up. Uh, as far as like having your main character in, in this movie being played by him, it means that I don't know what to expect from my protagonist, which is very exciting to me. Yeah. Um, a new Paolo Sorrentino movie, which I'm cautious. I like Paolo Sorrentino. I didn't like Loro, so I feel like I'm a little tempered in my expectations, but I've liked his films before. I think I named The Great Beauty my favorite film of 2015 does that sound right it sounds whatever, right whatever yeah, year uh, that was. Thir- 13 14 okay yeah something like that um but yeah this is on netflix so one week gap medium confidence um well look like uh, a, it looks like there's based on your math here there's a 12 day gap oh yeah there's a 12 oh, day damn. gap that's that's strange i can't do math um but yeah it's like a semi-autobiographical kind of coming of age thing um so Good. The hand of God is what it's called. Um, I have to stop for a second on this next movie, which I had assumed based on the title was a oh. documentary about Kurt Warner. Wait, that shouldn't be there. I realized oh, it, not. it got out of order. Skip that one. Well, what, uh, we're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> just, just Well, it's out of order. I'm just going to move it down to where it should. You're be. out of order. <laughs> You're all out of order. Uh, well, I'm excited for West Side Story. Story. I, I know uh, everyone's down on Spielberg, down on the whole enterprise, um, down, certainly rightfully down on Ansel Elgort, but uh, new Spielberg is always... Wait, is always, there something I don't know about Ansel Elgort? He uh, got me too. Yeah. No, oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. You're about to know a lot more, I'm sure. <laughs> I doubt that it's last we'll hear of it. Um, mm-hmm. But at any rate, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of the original West Side Story, and... Spielberg has never done an out and out musical. I, he's certainly got the eye for it. So um, I'm hundred percent in. And I think from a, from a representation standpoint, uh, I feel like it's, it's, I was talking with uh, students, uh, one of whom said that uh, West Side Story was his favorite film. And so I said, oh, what do you think of the new one? And he's like, oh, I didn't know there was a new one. And so we talked about it and he, and he said like, well, why on earth would they do that? It's like, well, there are a few reasons. One is like, it's been, what, 50, 50 years at this point, right? No, 60 years. 60. Um, and also it's just like, and yeah, like there weren't, uh, of the original cast, like there weren't that many that were actually uh, of that uh, of that ethnicity. And so, uh, yeah, it's, and yet it's a, it's a very well-regarded film. And so it might not, the, the original's not going anywhere. And the thing that gets me is as I was watching, 
of course, as always, you can't judge based on the trailer, but it just didn't look that interesting to me. It just didn't seem that compelling, like visually. It just didn't seem like he was doing anything that uh, engaging to me. Oh, I I disagree. Oh, plus the mm. adaptation is by Tony Kushner, so yeah. Okay. Hell yeah! And it's got a great cast, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, All right, we got we got to talk about some more. We got we got to keep this moving. Yeah. Because we, we're we're entering a patch of movies that we're going to have to talk about, but that I don't care yeah. about. <laughs> uh, peek behind the curtain, David. Are we pushing a movie journal the next week? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's fine. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, there's a new Adam McKay movie. Well, okay, it's got will, the two week Netflix window. I will say before, yeah, two week Netflix window. So this is on um, December 10th still. This cast is like phenomenal. Like I don't, the whole budget must've gone to the cast because it's Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, um, Meryl Street, Kate Blanchett, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Tyler Perry, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill yeah. All of it. This is like a fraction of it, honestly. Um, but it's about like an asteroid about to destroy earth. It's like this whole business is very strange to me. Just the whole top to bottom. Um, yeah, I am like, cause it's Adam McKay. I am extremely hesitant, but I yeah. can't. Do you think he'll be condescending about it? But it's like, there's all these people here. I can't not be intrigued by this cast. It's the sheer volume is too much. No, I hear you. Um, so you know, and it's it's been a while since we've had a Jennifer Lawrence movie, honestly. Yeah, it was interesting because I was reading about the budget that went into, you know, paying for them. And I was like, why does Jennifer Lawrence command such a salary? Because <laughs> outside of the Hunger Games, has she had a hit? Well, she was um, in the X-Men movies X-Men? as well. That's but, not really on her. Right, but she's associated with it. And between that and Hunger Games, she is seen and she did mystique did sort of become one of sort of the de facto lead as she became more popular uh in the x-men movies whether whether they would have been successful without her or not and i think they would have been it's like well she she seems to be some kind of x factor yeah Yeah. as far as what hollywood thinks oh oh, but but it is like it is all (laughs) perception i mean there's a lot of stars who haven't had a hit movie in like decades but they are perceived no i know it's just it's interesting and i wonder if that's holding us back from the number of jennifer lawrence movies we could have sure Um, which i would appreciate because i do love jennifer lawrence yeah also on that date on the 10th you have violence of action which is a thriller with chris pine and ben foster and gillian jacobs um, I like that. Yes. Um, there's also a new Bruno Dabont movie on that day with um, Leah Sadu. Um, Wasn't well received at Cam. Yeah. Um, what do they know? And then um, moving on to the 17th, I believe. Yeah, I got a Christmas yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. So there's Spider Man No Way Home, which again, it's like we will pretty... really see what the world looks like then. Right. But I don't. Sure know if that'll hold yeah uh either way i'm very excited for it i'm trying to keep my nostalgia in check um but certainly that uh that trailer is trying to play on that and uh i'll say mission accomplished uh but because like because of who shows up there at the end and a few hints of other things throughout so that's exciting to me but it's also uh, if it were just that, that wouldn't be enough for me. It is the idea of just going completely crazy and just 
and and really utilizing um Th- this idea of, of a multiverse and I'm, well, I'm sure it'll probably make too much sense as the film go, uh, goes on. Um, I'm really, I feel like um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I feel like that sort of gave certain filmmakers and gave Marvel in general uh, and Sony permission to experiment. Uh, and here you have the idea of a multiverse. Uh, and I also genuinely as a as a former comic book reader and fan certain villains coming together and i i'm certainly not alone in thinking that we're we're going to get a sinister six and that's very exciting for me uh because it i like the idea of your main character just being just almost destroyed uh and it looks like that's what could happen and so of course, it could wind up being less than everything that I'm saying, but I was genuinely excited and encouraged to see where they're going with this because it could they could have played it super easy, uh, super safe, pardon me, and gone the easy route and just been like, okay, who's the villain of the week this time? Let's have some uh, Spider-Man and, and MJ stuff. But they're going in a whole other direction, which is extremely exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't wild about the first um, Tom Holland Spider-Man, but I like the second one. Yeah. Um, it looks like this one's a lot of Doctor Strange, like him. Yeah. So, sure. Um, and then also on December 17th is The Lost Daughter, um, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. So this is a Netflix joint, two-week window, full confidence. Um, it is based on an Elena Ferrante novel, so it's kind of like a melodrama, psychological thriller type thing. Um, Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, Peter Sarsgaard, done. The fall of Ed Harris and uh, or the autumn of Ed Harris and Willem Dafoe. That's what I say. <laughs> Here for it. Um, and then new PT Anderson time. Sure. We have to acknowledge that there's a new film from the director of Antoine Fisher. <laughs> a journal for Jordan, but. Um, more importantly, the director of Fences, which is uh, yes, that's really, I was really being good. yeah, you're right. I'm being a dick because I did like Fences a lot, uh, yeah. and it's 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 Michael B. Jordan as well. Yeah, um, I, I like him. So yeah, new yeah. Uh, new Denzel movie. Yeah, this is December twenty second. It's like a a true story tearjerker type thing, um, and yeah. So on to the twenty second. Also, yes, new P.T. Anderson movie starring Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Which is yeah. just the idea of that makes me cry. Oh, I'm very yeah. excited! Wow, um, they were um, Bradley Cooper I, again. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that it's—I mean, P.T. Anderson. Obviously, I'm there. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, 1970s San Fernando Valley. I know. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm on my whole crusade of like, why don't these guys make movies set in the present anymore? But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still in. Uh, because they don't know how phones work. I, that really, I know that's the answer. Yeah. And it, it drives me crazy. What, they can't figure out how to tell the story with cell phone? With that's yeah. the only thing I can figure out. It's like, they can't figure out social media. They can't figure out phone culture, like whatever else. Like, uh, um, well, this is the, then you know what? They should get out of the way. Let the, let the kids make the movies. Sure. Um, uh-huh. I like Zola. Zola is the future of cinema. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, so a while back, cause that when they were, I don't know for sure that this is what it was, but there was a movie shoot going on in my neighborhood and this is months and months ago. 
and there's a there's a theater it's not a movie theater but there's a theater theater called the el portal uh near me and they had but they had changed the marquee to to be a movie theater and it was advertising i think it was live and let die and the mechanic natalie took a picture of it when she was on the walk so i'm assuming that that was because i know that this movie was in production at that time and takes place in the 70s i'm assuming that that those two 1972 73 movies were from that so I, i'm looking forward to seeing the movie for a lot of reasons but one to find out if that's what they were shooting in my neighborhood yeah sure. um also on the 22nd is sing Two. The, the animated singing animals have returned um and then okay. gotta speak we were speaking of the matrix earlier got a new matrix movie on the 22nd this was a name completely by surprise yeah, so this is... But you didn't know they were making a Matrix 4? Did not know. Oh, wow. You're so... You're even more unplugged than I am. Yeah. They, uh, they just gave it a title. It's The Matrix Resurrections. Um, it has some of the same cast. It had Keanu's back. Um, Carrie Ann Moss is back. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith is back. But then they added a bunch oh. of people. Hold on. Lambert Wilson, Lambert Wilson as the Merovingian. There All you right. go. There it is. Your um, favorite character is back. <laughs> But yeah, they added like Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Yahya Abdul Medin the second, among others. Oh, I didn't know they got married. Yeah. Priyanka Priyanka Chopra. I didn't realize. Uh, the thing that is, so yeah, I uh, unlike Tyler, I I knew there was a fourth Matrix coming. I didn't realize until re- recently that it's just Lana Wachowski. That Lily Wachowski is not yeah involved in the making of this. Marlon Solo. Um, so yeah, nobody really knows what happens in this. Um, they uh, so it's another one, same day on HBO Max. Apparently, I think I was reading that like Lana Wachowski like didn't really have storyboards. Was kind of just like playing fast and loose with this extremely expensive movie, which is kind of wild. Into it, cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's exciting. So uh, so yeah. That's happening. Um, also on the 22nd, again, for now, this one has been bumped several times, is um, The King's Man, which is a yeah. prequel to the Kingsman um, franchise. Um, so this has uh, Ray Fine, um, Jim Archerton, Harris Dickinson, I believe. Um, so, and it's set it's, in like World War One. It's got a great cast. Charles yeah. Dance, Jimon Honsu, yeah. Daniel Bruhl, Tom Hollander, Matthew Good, Reese. Like, it's a great cast. It's still Matthew Vaughn, though. It's still Matthew Vaughn, and it's still a <laughs> Kingsman movie. Yeah. But it's it's a prequel that takes place in a different era. And again, ba- and based on trailers and stuff, it, it looks very sleek and has a nice visual sheen to it. And with a cast like that, uh, I'm sure it there will be uh, some good to it, but it's still Matthew Vaughn and it's still a Kingsman movie. And uh, I did not, I didn't see the second one, but I did not much enjoy the first. Can we move on to Christmas Eve? And like, yeah. here's, here's what's happened with the pandemic: a year, a year and a half of like no, like big dumb blockbusters has been like paradise to me, and now I have like no patience <laughs> like when, when we're talking about stuff like <laughs> like a kingsman movie i'm like I, I, pre-pandemic i would have like engaged in conversation about yeah. that or like spider-man right. 3 or whatever and now i'm just like i don't, I don't care let's get, let's just talk about parallel mothers the Pedro Almodovar movie that yeah. i want to see i mean this for me is the cinematic event of the season right like i'm not being just 
yeah. I love Pedro Almodovar. He's one of my favorite directors. It has Penelope Cruz. It has Rossi De Palma. It's just, just that's it. It's wild that it took him forty years to make a movie called Parallel Mothers because that's like <laughs> the plot of like what seventy percent of his movies. He's leaning into it though. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Women who become pregnant at the same time, and I'm sure melodrama ensues, and it's going to look gorgeous, and it's going to sound gorgeous, and it's going to be great. Perfect. Um, so then we can go back to the one that was in the wrong place. I, I Oh I, yeah. Okay. So this is the one because it has such a boring ass name. Yeah. American underdog, the Kurt Warner story. I just assumed it was a, a documentary, but it's not, it's a Kurt Warner biopic with Zach Levy. Levi. I never know. Levi. How you, Zach, Zach Levi. Yeah. Um, how weird we're, we're into faith-based territory again. Yeah, uh, I, I would guess with Kurt Warner. Yeah, it's the yeah. Irwin brothers who made Woodlawn, which is a film I didn't mind, by the way. Uh, far from perfect, but uh, but very uh, very well directed, I thought. Um, and yeah, this is uh, I know very little about football. A friend, uh, inexplic- inexplicable fan favorite, favorite Jason Eakin, um, had to tell me what his story was. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a good story. Um, and one that could make a good movie. And I like Zach Levi. He's a very uh, likable uh, leading man. And so I think yeah. it has the potential to be a perfectly fine movie. But at, for, I mean, at, probably at best. It has, a, I would say this is like a B plus list cast for most movies, but this is a huge cast for a faith based oh, movie. Oh, sure. Right? Zach Levi, yeah. Anna Paquin, those two worked together previously on Alias Grace, uh, Virginia Madsen. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Dennis Quaid is, is increasingly like showing up in a lot of these. Um, Virginia Madsen. Yeah. Though, uh, you can't make yeah, one of these great. without him. Now. Yeah. It's huh. him or Gary Sinise. You gotta, you gotta have one or the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the Irwin brothers who've made other things as well, but I remember liking Woodlawn again. It's, you gotta, it's all a, a, On a curve. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I liked Woodlawn a, a fair amount and with a higher budget with, a story as good as this. I'm sure the writing's going to be super on the nose, just like the title. Um, but yeah, it has the potential to be a perfectly good, probably very inspirational uh, film for the, the Christmas season. I'm, I'm interested. Certainly. There is a bit of, I do have a bit of whiplash though. Seeing Zachary Levi go from playing an ideal Jewish doctor on Marvel's Mrs. Maisel to like an ideal Christian in this movie. <laughs> Like that's a very big, big spectrum. I guess he probably um, is seen as the ideal Christian Kurt Warner. That that makes sense. That tracks yeah, <laughs> in some cultures. Like Zachary Levi, <laughs> <laughs> who is himself, who is himself a, a, a Christian um, and uh, has talked about that in, in various uh, capacities. So his, his involvement with this sort of like KJ Appa in, uh, What's it I called? still believe I still believe uh, both of them, like men of faith who found a project that they were like, okay, I can, I can be a part of this, you know, as opposed to the latest God's not dead. Yeah. Which features so I, I, I uh, Antonio um, Sabato Jr. I, um, I still don't love that title. Like when they, when they made American sniper, they didn't call it colon, like the Chris Kyle story. Right. right. Like why do they have to like, I mean, I, I don't understand why they have to have this 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 awful it feels like it's a title come up with by people who 
don't know what movies are called. Well, like, and it, it feels to... like such a such a '90s TV movie type thing, right? Um, yeah. But such is the nature of Christian film. It's it has a '90s TV movie vibe uh, all, all the time. Okay, is the idea maybe then that the Christian audience, if they don't know for sure that this is like, oh, this is about Kurt Warner, they're not gonna they're not gonna go see it. Is, it. is it is it a way of like? getting the attention of the Christian audience who doesn't go see oh, sure. movies that Lionsgate puts out. Sure. Uh, because yeah, because when you get stuff like I still believe, or I can only imagine like those are named after songs that the Christian audience knows. Wow. Uh, and so with this, if by calling it American underdog, it's like, okay, well, and it, and it has Zachary Levi who is in other movies that aren't faith-based. So it's not a guarantee that it's something they'll necessarily know, but um but, but yeah, the, by, the title's like, don't, don't, don't leave, don't leave. It's yeah, about yeah. Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need two more words and then we've got you. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I'll see it, but partially because that's kind of, kind of my, my little niche of the internet. Uh, but also I'm, I'm interested to see how it, uh, how it turns out. Okay. We, let's, let's power through. We got some big uh, stuff. I mean, we, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. playing a jockey in Jockey. Sounds cool. Yeah. I, I like Clifton. About I've, it. I've, I've always liked like him. Yeah. I've always liked him. And Moises Arias is in, in Molly Parker. On, on uh, December 31st, we have a musical adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac directed by Joe Wright. And starring, starring Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, Kelvin Harris Jr., Haley Bennett. And Ben Mendelsohn and Brian yeah. Tyree oh, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the first I'm hearing about it, and now I'm super excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, as much of a Joe Wright guy i don't know i like i'm hit or miss on joe Wright. yeah uh i am as well this is a very weird i mean it's a weird story and then i guess they made it a musical and now it's it's like this is all very weird but i'm kind of feeling joe Wright always does more than expected that's for sure love him or hate him he'll do more he'll do more (laughs) um so then we actually we have a few that are not yet dated but they want to win awards so they will probably come out this year um one is the tragedy of Macbeth. this is the new joel cohen joint just yeah. joel no ethan to be found ethan's apparently not into movies anymore he's out he's what out. if what if right i see where we're headed <laughs> new year's eve surprise release a new movie directed by ethan cohen and lana wachowski yeah i saw yeah see, <laughs> tyler knows me so well that he saw it coming a miles mile away <laughs> yeah um Um, well we i eagerly await that but if that doesn't pan out we will still have the tragedy of Macbeth. um it's francis mcdormand denzel washington brennan gleason doing Macbeth. like what else do you need in life nothing sounds great um it's um a24 and apple so i don't totally know the release strategy i really hope they don't screw it up like people will pay money to see this don't screw it up um you also have a new Mike Mills movie. It's called Come On, Come On. It's a road trip movie with Joaquin Phoenix and a okay. precocious nephew. Could be charming. Yeah. Um, you have a new Sean Baker joint called yeah. Red Rockets um, about um, a washed up pimp going back home to Texas. Um, sounds like classic Sean Baker. Although, as people yeah. point out, he tends to stick to female protagonists. So this is like a change of pace having a male protagonist. Um but people, I think it got a pretty good reception. It can. I mean, okay, then, so who, who's, who's in it? Um, oh yeah. I was just kind of at 
left scrambling to add these to the last minute. It's like, you know, it's kind of the usual Sean Baker thing of he's, they're not super big names. Um, I can't remember them right now, unfortunately. I'm pulling it up. Right Simon, Simon Rex is, is the man. Sure. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's he in was, the scary movie movies. He was a, an MTV VJ or something like that at okay. one point. Um, I like it. Yeah. And then you, we also have a new Asgard for Hadi movie hmm. um, called A Hero. Um, this was pretty warmly received at Cannes. It seems like a classic Farhadi setup of a, you know, moral dilemma that spirals out of control. Um, so that's coming through Amazon, and they'd be a damn fool to release it outside of award season, I say. <laughs> a fool. Those those movies won awards. I mean, they're a lot good. of good movies this fall. Very excited. Yeah. Yes. I hope we actually get to see them. We'll yeah. see a couple. We'll see some. You know, that's what I was Can't saying at the beginning. Stop cry, macho. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And like some of these, I some of these, they're just tired of moving them. Like with no time to die. They're just like, we're done. It's coming out. Yeah. So, there's a certain weariness that's starting to set in. I think um, where, I don't know. Well, speaking of weariness, we've been going on a long time. I know. Sure have. A lot of episodes. Need to eat something. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this uh, this episode has done exactly what I had hoped it would do, which is get me excited for the next few months of movies. This is what absolutely um, I, I depend on you two, Julian Scott, uh, to come on here once a year and get me excited for a, uh, a season of movies, and you never disappoint. So, um, in that regard, <laughs> um. In the meantime, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Check out, uh, pa- check out our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash battleshippretension. We do a lot of fun stuff. Um, this week, we played a fun game. We're so that's crypt- right. That's not going to like sell any like, ooh, they play a fun game. No, that we do a thing. It's fun. We talk yeah. about <laughs> movie memories. It's the yeah, movie memory some, game. Something, some, it's honestly the kind of thing that like movie fans will love because yeah. they can play along. It's, the, it's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we, we enjoy it. Um, so that's what's going on the, at the Patreon at, at BattleshipRetention.com this week. Let's see if I can do the um, the Bill and Ted thing of saying what reviews you'll be able to read and hope <laughs> that I actually get them up by the sure. time the episode. Because a few weeks ago with Swan Song, I'd missed it. I did not get my Swan Song review up in time before the episode. But uh, you'll be able to read reviews of Together. That one's up. Isabella and the restoration of 1988's the deceivers yeah, i should have reviews of all three of those by the time you hear this uh hold me to it uh, how'd you like uh how'd you like isabella five stars yeah <laughs> is, i, I, I mean, saw it yeah. for the digital new york film festival last year and the way it worked is you could rent it in you'd have it for just the 24 hours so i watched it two times in 24 hours <laughs> yeah it's an evening it's what, 78 minutes i think it's yeah. yeah it's easy to do and um yeah i i, I really loved it. i need to see because i've only seen is it Viola, Viola, yeah, I've seen France even better than that, and uh, Helena Hermia is really great. Right. I think Isabella might be his best, though. It's really, it's great. it was it was fantastic. So yeah, um, you you can read my review, uh, hopefully, but I've gotten it up. Um, that's at battleshipretention.com. You can email me and Tyler David at battleshipretention.com or Tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Davey Pretension at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything else to plug? Yes, over more than one lesson, there is a new episode, finally, uh, about Paul Schrader's first performed. 
Um, what's the companion film? 21 Grams. Ooh, did you have to rewatch 21 Grams? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, okay. I, I have a pretty good memory for it. Yes. Oh, I don't, I don't like that movie. I um, know you don't. <laughs> Scott and Julie, where can people find you? What do you have to plug? What's going on with you guys? Ladies first. Yeah, you, you asked us both at the same time. You had, okay. Um, hey, one question per Zoom. Exactly. You're there Zooming you together. <laughs> you Zoom together, you answer together. Yeah, the family right. that Zooms together answers questions together. Okay, That's ready? One, two, three. No, okay. Um, I am on Twitter at Cessno underscore says. That is S-E-S underscore. Wait a minute. No, it's not. S-E-S-N-O underscore S-A-Y-S. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. It's says no okay. says. Yeah. says no says. Um, I also like, I lurk on Reddit a lot these days. I go, I give people advice at like 2 a.m. So if you're feeling lost and lonely, come to Reddit. I might be awake and can help you. We're all just, I'm doing what I can out here. So that's yeah. fine. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow on Letterboxd, and I did sign up for a screening through Battleship Pretension, so you will be seeing more writing from me soon there, finally. All right. All right. Well, thank you at home uh, for listening. We'll get you next time. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 